This is Freelance Wrestling. All right, everyone, welcome to the Matt Nick Show. We're going to do a wrap-up of 2018. I'm joined at this time with K-Mel, Kirby Alexander, and the host of the show, Matt Nix. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> Ew. Why don't I get a last name? Well, just because. Because it's you're unpronounceable. Like, you're like Cher. <laughs> so, joined um, by Kalakidaki and Makalakalaku. <laughs> no government names, Kirby. Oh, God. You just exposed them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're here. Uh, we wanted to get together to just kind of do a bit of a review for Freelance for the year. A lot of great things have happened. I think we can all agree in that regard. Um, we have the annual Freelance Awards, the Lancies, going on right now. Uh, we want to do a little bit of a breakdown of the different categories there, but just to kind of get things going, kick us off uh, around the table, just talk about some of your favorite moments of the year. I'll go ahead and kick it over to Kirby first. Hands down, my absolute favorite moment of the year uh, was for GPA when he did not do a promo in the ring. Uh, when he was trying to do a promo in the ring and the crowd was so hot against him. And this is, I believe this is one month after turning on Kylie Ray. Probably, yeah. Uh, yep. He comes out ready to address the crowd and for, what, a good 10 minutes easy attempts to address the crowd and they just won't let him. They're just all over him and so hot. And for me, that was a turning point uh, for him, for the few that they had for the rest of the year. I believe that really, really, really set the, set the stage. And he said so much more by saying nothing at all yep. than he could mm-hmm. by saying anything that he may have planned to say at that point. I was really impressed with GPA all year. Uh, KML knows very well, right? Uh, every single month uh, he would come out there and do something different to just uh, not only continue just the feud that him and Kylie had, uh, throughout the year, but also um, just continued to poke. Um, uh, he turned what was a scab in terms of the issues between the two into a whole festering, bleeding at the neck kind of thing, where at the end of it, at the end of the year, you saw um, just a culmination of just frustration, hard work, as well as just determination to end Kylie Ray, and ultimately ended up falling short. So, Matt, what do you think? I mean, especially if you look at, like, him in ring as well mm-hmm. through the uh, the year before that <clears throat> having or that was the year before or the year before it was the year before that even mm-hmm. uh, the matches with Ali um, and just when he flipped and kind of became one of the most hated men in Chicago yep. um, he just kind of like his style changed in a way that I really liked it was like slower more methodical a lot of like pauses and just facials to express himself to the crowd and stuff like that. So that was um, really cool to see him develop and grow as a performer. Uh, it's it's the old school bad guy. You don't have to do a ton. You just have to make them hate you. Mm-hmm. And he did. He did. You know, and, and Very it easily. works. Yeah. You know, some of the greatest uh, you know old school bad guys, old school heels, are the ones that that back down that weren't this macho thing that weren't, you know, this super guy. They were just, they were scoundrels. They were sneaky. You know, you didn't trust them. You didn't like them. And, and, but they made you hate them in a way that is what this business is about. It's about believing. It's about getting into it and feeling that you're a part of it. Um, 
you know, we can't, I don't, I can't, don't think we can talk about GPA without talking about the movement that came out of this year. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag beat, beat up, up GPA. GPA. There's also uh, another one. <laughs> it has, <laughs> we can swear on this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Uh, so, it, I mean, it has permeated. It's permeated not only through uh, uh, multiple companies, Freelance Underground, Evolve, um, Sabotage, uh, Sabotage, other states and things like that. It, it has sent a ripple in not only the career of GPA, but just in um, uh, just in other promotions in other states. Yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to the squad, uh, freelance super fans, of course, uh, for coming up with that. I'm not sure which one of it, which one of them may have, Who but knows? Yeah. they all they all run with it, and, uh, <laughs> and they did an amazing job at bringing that into uh, into freelance and, like you said, abroad and yep. everywhere else. You're right. Uh, KML, uh, you've seen GPA for quite some time. I often refer to KML as our resident historian here at Freelance Wrestling. So uh, talk a little bit about uh, GPA initially when he first started out and, and talk a little <clears throat> bit about um, kind of him now. Yeah, I think what's interesting about GPA in terms of his character in relation to Kylie is in a lot of ways I feel like they're the same person. Who like, kind of like the same person in the sense that like they had a lot of the same experiences. There are two people that talked about the fact that like they'd wanted to be in freelance so bad, they'd worked really hard for it. They finally got an opportunity. They excelled. GPA became freelance champion. He beat Ali, and then he became champion. And all of a sudden, for one reason or another, he was he never kind of got the reception that the two guys before him did. Nope. He didn't get the love Ali got. He didn't get the love that Isaiah got, and it bugged him. It bothered him. And I think that's actually what made him into the guy that he is today because he's been able to use that anger, that resentment, that feel, some of it from the fans, some of it, let's be honest, from the locker room. And it's made him the best heel in this company that we've ever had, period. You're right. And it's funny that you mentioned that. You say that he never got the reception that he that the other two previous champions did. Uh, and I feel like that might have been where the resentment to Kylie has started because she shows up and she immediately is the most beloved person on the roster yeah. Um, both in the locker room and out in the from the crowd, and uh, I think that that stemmed, um, you know, from or his deep dying desire to be that person mm-hmm. uh, is what caused that friction between them, and ultimately him turning his back on her. And additionally, match after match, when they're in a tag team together, yeah. and he's got to see the reaction she gets, mm-hmm. yeah. and then the reaction he gets, and like he was getting a good reaction when he was with her, but you know, in the back of his mind, he knows this was all. Based because I'm with Kylie. Sure. Right. And then, like, you do it month after month, and eventually it's like, you know what, screw this. Like, I'm going to get what's mine. And, well, he got what's his says. And it's wild because the crowd, like, prior to him winning the belt, they loved him. They yeah. wanted they him. Happy birthday for they, his birthday. Yeah, they <laughs> wanted him. They wanted him to be the champion until he became the champion. And yeah. then it just was like, you know what? We don't like how that looks on you. Yeah. Yeah. Even I, they, I mean, like. they had an amazing, amazing match where he won the belt. Uh, that's for sure. I don't know if you guys remember this, but so during the six-man scramble that Ali won become number one contender at Freelancers mm-hmm. World 2, there were chance for GPA to win that match. You're right. That's yeah. how over he was at the time. Yep. And to right. see that role reversal, what, a year later at Berwyn when him and Stevie were standing together, this was when Jeff was still, like, a good guy. Yeah. And they were all cheering for Stevie. Yeah. Like it's it's you know you just got the way that the crowd is and they <laughs> they'll turn on you in a heartbeat and we saw that this year, uh, Matt. What was a moment you thought this year that kind of stuck out to you? Um, I mean, there's there's so many, but um, I would have to say 
probably the reception that Stevie and Anthony Henry got from their Chicago street fight. Yeah. Uh, in June, I believe that was March. March. March yep. Wow, I'm way off. <laughs> <laughs> and I run the show. Yeah. Uh, March. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that w- like just the the white hot emotion there between you know be- not only between the two of them but from the crowd, uh, it really made for like a very special moment when when he was able to to beat him. So. Yeah. I mean, Stevie uh, was at the top of his game. The crowd loved him, things like that. And Anthony Henry saw that and kind of came in as a disruption. He's carried that, obviously, through the whole year, right? Forming a tag team with uh, James Drake, the freelance tag champs. Uh, I've been impressed not only in the singles competition of both those guys, but also in the tag team action they've had. So um, when you see, Kirby, when you see the workhorsemen tag, um, especially in some of these matches they've had as of late. Uh, does it remind you of, you know, any kind of old-school tag teams or anything like that that come to the top of brain? You know, I really, really like the Work for Horsemen. Um, they have this very, like, you, you're asking if they seem old-school to me, and they absolutely do. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're reminiscent of the Horsemen. They're reminiscent of uh, Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher. Um, they have this really, you know, just punch you in the mouth, I don't give a damn, you know, style where they're just going forward, 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 forward. And, you know, Anthony Henry's also had some great single success. I would love to see James Drake uh, get some singles opportunities and freelance as well, because I think he's a hell of a hell of a hand. Yeah. Uh, And again, there's just that smash mouth style that I really, really enjoy from him. I mean, we all saw the first time uh, James Drake had that singles opportunity. It was against uh, Craig. They, Craig. Craig. Yeah. they tore it up. I, yeah. I was, was absolutely floored when I saw both those guys, just two behemoths going at each other like, uh, you know, 60 miles an hour and, and uh, 18-wheel trucks uh, just going back and back and back, uh, back and forth, I should say, uh, pretty much killing each other in the ring. Uh, the other person you had mentioned was Stevie Fierce, right? Stevie started the year out hot. Um, uh, the crowd just absolutely loves him. Um, he comes in there and uh, goes into a match with Anthony Henry, and I, I don't know if he knew exactly what to expect. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> think know? he did at all. Camo, <laughs> uh, you've seen Steve for quite a while now. Um, just what was something that maybe Stevie could have thought of or something that uh, you could compare that match to just Stevie's faced in the past? Well, well. Matt Nix would know because he was in a street <laughs> fight with Stevie Fierce on yeah. Freelance's first anniversary show. That's the only match I can compare to yeah. uh, what Stevie had to go through with. Uh, well, I guess he also wrestled GP in a street fight. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, there were definitely a clash of styles. I thought it worked so well, though. And I thought Stevie really helped Anthony in the sense of, like, yeah. getting the freelance crowd to, to, to really kind of appreciate him but also kind of really hate him because you put a guy that the freelance faithful loves to death yep. with a guy that they still didn't really know. And then Anthony, through his hard work and Stevie, through their hard work, kind of put this beautiful thing together. Yeah. And they, rest, they ended up wrestling three times, twice at Freelance, once at Evolve. And I thought it was definitely one of the better feuds of 2018. Yeah, you're right about that. And I think it really, um, as far as, like, helping Stevie, like, develop as, as, a, as a performer, it really kind of, like, awoken this, like, new edge to him almost you know like he he went he was still the fun loving goofy stevie when he was wrestling but like you know he had to fight back you anthony henry's gonna hit you you gotta hit back just as hard so it was really interesting to see him develop that way and kind of like you know show the crowd that he you know he's a pretty boy but he's also a tough pretty boy anthony will definitely hit you (laughs) the thing about stevie for me is 
he would be and should be all over these year-end awards for freelance, <clears> except <throat> for the fact that he wasn't here for the last three, four months. Yeah, yeah. And right. you know, a lot, a lot of it is what have you done for done for me lately? There's you, everyone has a short memory. You mm-hmm, remember right. the last thing you saw, the last thing you experienced. Yep. And Stevie was having a banner, banner year. If he, if his availability would have allowed him to still be here for the last four months, I think we would have seen him up and down these awards: match of the year, uh, favorite right. of the year, moment of the year. I mean, he could, you know, he had so much, and probably would have created so many more moments, especially on the bigger shows as we went into wrapping up the year right absolutely i'm gonna interject really quickly yeah but speaking about that and we talk about like taking advantage of opportunities craig took advantage of all of those opportunities from right. being gone you're right he was inserted in that match in uh in october yeah and then he ended up main eventing in november in that eight-man tag and then he wrestled for the title in december so i mean it, right. i think it shows you the depth that like is starting to percolate in this company i mean uh camo when you talk about craig mitchell uh and I'm just assuming here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, one of your favorite moments potentially could have been Craig and Marcus Crane. I mean, that match, there was what a match. that <laughs> that match uh, just took Craig to a whole nother level. Uh, undoubtedly, um, Marcus has the ability to, Marcus is a phenomenal, phenomenal wrestler and has the ability to take other wrestlers out of their comfort zone in a good way. And I think that's what he did in that match in, with Craig. Um, oh, I mean, oh, uh, yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was watching back that match on Powerbomb TV. Uh, mm-hmm. That's our promotional plug there. <laughs> uh, like, I don't think I've ever screamed louder than when uh, when Crane hit that blockbuster under the door. Yep. Oh, that was scary. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and the weird part, out. we talk about like how that match kind of put him to another level. But like the the month before, he wrestled PCO in another great match. Two months yeah. before that, he wrestled against uh, Drake. What we talked about and that was a great match. He wrestles Aaron Orion the month after, like. He's had month after month after month of really good matches. And I think as, you know, like, and I think kind of going back to Stevie thing, I think you just need an opportunity for him to be kind of like kind of that main event guy. And like he, his 2018, man, like, you're right. Like, God damn, he's been good. Well, you know, ever since getting the uh, freelance underground strap, our sister daughter promotion. I don't <laughs> what do you call that now? Daughter, <laughs> yeah. daughter promotion. Um, but, uh, you know, ever since getting that strap, you know, he became a whole different guy. Yep. And uh, he was on a mission to make people stand up and notice him. And he did. Oh, yeah. In definitely. both promotions and, and, and abroad. I mean, he's about to have a big match in uh, St. Louis Anarchy against Gary J in yeah. a couple weeks. Yep. Um, yeah, he's, he's as, doing it. Same minus freelance versus GCW. Yes, yeah. Yeah. sadly. Sadly, yeah, we won't be able to see it. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, Craig. Yeah. Well, someone, someone didn't buck. Uh, <laughs> can you edit out his praises from this? Yeah, can you edit right, this before? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just we'll just borrow out Craig's name for the rest of the pod. So um, I kind of maybe stole your thunder, came out. Was there another moment you may have been thinking of? Uh, no, I think, like, I mean, yeah. that match. But in terms of a moment that I'm thinking about, I don't think it will be necessarily mentioned going forward, so I do mm-hmm. want to mention it. Kylie versus I Brookside May yeah. was a damn good match. Yep. And then additionally, uh, I think, you know, the fact that in France, we haven't really had a great opportunity to showcase a lot of women, mm-hmm. to have a match, like one woman against another yep. in, in a match that was as good as that was. Plus, it was added to the storyline of GPA versus Kylie. Like, I, just, I really enjoyed it. I would love to see more women in freelance, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If only we had the ear of the promoter. Yeah, if only the promoter, the owner was here, like, maybe we could make well, it work I, out. You know, I will say it makes it special as well. We do, I mean, Kylie was featured on, if not yes. all the shows this year, except, you know, the ones with injury. But uh, uh, it makes it just that much special. 
right? You talk a little bit about Zia Brookside coming in, facing Kylie Ray, getting a, a featured match, right, on the show. It, it was one of the matches that stole the show for me personally, but um, it's definitely something uh, to keep an eye on, maybe moving forward for sure. My favorite moment uh, actually was uh, my favorite moment was just the culmination of uh, uh, Robert Anthony and Gringo Loco. Um, those two guys. So both of them, I mean, Robert Anthony from the start, right. Was involved in the championship, uh, um, the, uh, first championship match, Mm -hmm. um, and has just kind of been poking or picking on just anyone who comes in the door. He had a great feud with Ethan page a while back. Um, this year his poison was, uh, was Gringo Loco. So, um, seeing those guys go back and forth, back and forth, um, and then ultimately culminating in, a taser on a pole match, a match that knowing, uh, personally knowing Gringo Loco and knowing some of his heart issues and things like that, uh, willing to put that on the line in that matchup to get some revenge on Robert Anthony was was stellar for me. So, Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, when I first heard the match and then when I saw them, uh, when I saw the actual taser, uh, you know, knowing again, like I said, knowing his heart issues, yeah. heart issues that I went through, uh, this year as right. well. Um, yeah, it was scary. I didn't want to be nowhere near that damn thing. <laughs> uh, and you know, here they were, you know, using it in a match, uh, to the point where they had to be used in order to win the match. It's pretty crazy. Uh, so yeah, hats off to him for that. Yep. And also, Robert Anthony's had like a weird, interesting transformation throughout his freelance career. Yeah. As, as Sterling was mentioning, First freelance title match, he's a part of that. He was the guy chasing Isaiah. That was like that was that was the kind of the first or one of the first big feuds in freelance. To go from that to like him becoming this like, absolutely reviled character who's joining up with Frank the Clown. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> well, it's funny because like when he first showed up, he was threatening to whip his dick out and piss on the crowd, <laughs> and and for some reason the crowd was like, yes. yeah. Yeah, we love that. We love it. And he's like, he's also like, he's an interesting bell, like bellwether for like, because like the way he was shaded at the Abbey relative to how he was at Bottom Lounge compared to the Chop Shop to Logan. You're right. It's like, I don't know. It's it. And as, as as Matt Nix was mentioning, like, yeah, they loved him, even though like it was him and Craig like at first, and like you were supposed to like Craig and hate Robert Anthony, but it was kind of going the other way initially, and then to now we're like, I don't like outside of GP, I don't think there's a more hated character. In this company than Robert Anthony. I mean, Darren Corbin would certainly Honestly, argue with that. There's one. There's at least yeah, one. Darren Corbin would not, would, not, would want to argue with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and then now, and uh, Kirby, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I think you saying Joliet, Illinois, is a, a new feature in terms of like the announcement of Robert Anthony's location, right? Uh, no, I've been saying Joliet for oh, a while. Well, sorry, I'd screw yeah. up. <laughs> I've, I've been trying to pull. Well, yeah. They're not saying he's from Chicago yeah. anymore because he's not yeah. doesn't represent yeah. freelance. But oops, yeah. sorry guys. <laughs> no, sorry, that's guys. not a problem. There, uh, uh, there's always some animosity. I mean, we had the pleasure of having Robert Anthony in the booth a few times on commentary, and um, he always oh, makes it. <laughs> he always makes it known, you know, just how much he hates the people, the freelance faithful, and they give it right back to him uh, whenever he's in that ring. So. Um, kind of want to switch gears a little bit here. Uh, we had 11 huge shows for the year, right? Am I counting right? Yep. We didn't have a show in September, yeah. That is true. Yeah, so we God. have 11 shows this year. I want to kind of go month by month with just some of the things that kind of stuck out to us there, and then we'll kind of rifle through uh, some of the award categories. So the first month, 
I think we are all in agreement. One of the biggest things or the most shocking things um, at the show, stained glass ceilings, was um, GP and Kylie Ray, right? I don't think we've talked enough about Kylie Ray thus far. I know Kamo likes to talk about her every chance he gets, but um, just uh, they were tagging for a little while. I mean, they won the Freelance Underground Tag Team Championships. Um, And at the end of that match, for whatever reason, I mean, they did lose um, GPA clothesline Kylie Ray out of nowhere and then locked that charity case uh, in the center of the ring and seeing I mean a little part of me regardless of you know kind of what I say on commentary a little part of me was a little squeamish seeing Jeff uh, put Kylie Ray into uh, that charity case and her just writhe in pain uh, was it something that you were expecting or something that um, like Kamel said kind of you could have seen from a mile away you know it's one of those things hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, you know, looking back, you know, any good movie is supposed to introduce the gun in the first scene and make sure it gets used by the fourth scene, but you're not supposed to know. The best thing right. about a red herring is you don't know it until you realize later, like, oh, there was hints all along mm-hmm. and I should have seen it. You know, oh yeah, of course it was this and it was this and it was this and it was this. And wrestling can tell a great story the same way. And if you look back at wrestling, you can say, oh, I saw. And we talked about a lot of those things. We talked about him being in the shadow of Kylie Ray and such. And we talked about those motivations that you maybe now seeing what happens, you can look back and go, oh, yep, there it is. It's obvious now looking backwards. But no, I absolutely would not have seen it coming, not in a million years. Um, They were a fantastic tag team. They were great friends. Uh, They were at the top still at this point. Nothing was going wrong, per se. They weren't, like, on a losing streak because of one or the other. They were a great tag team, and uh, I think that's what makes it even more impactful is that where they were when the fallout happened. Just seeing, uh, I was just going to say, just seeing um, how quickly that moment in freelance history just turned the fans, I mean, into just mad, mad, vicious people towards GPA. They were out for blood. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've seen shirts created, signs. um, I mean, Kylie's used... Uh, GPA and some of our matches in the crowd, right? We've oh, yeah. seen some of our freelance people get involved in those oh, yeah. cont- uh, contests because just that hatred of that moment. Do they sign waivers? <laughs> <laughs> well, Kirby, I do want to ask you a question though, because yes. from from all of us, you're the one that actually gets to be like with the crowd during the shows. Yeah. So how did it sound from down there yeah. when it, this happened? Oh, absolutely! It was it, it was insane. I remember um, now for the past. Six months, if not more, I've been working from the stage. But mm-hmm. at this point in the year, I was still working from the uh, the soundboard. Mm-hmm. So I remember being in front of the soundboard, maybe even in the aisleway mm-hmm. uh, that we use for the entranceway, and, uh, and 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 seeing it happen. I probably even ran close to ringside when it when it went down, and uh, yeah, at that point, and, th- and at that point, that's where the squad was hanging out. They're now at stage side with me. But that's where they were at that point, too. So I think I was probably right next to all these guys that, you know, came up with the hashtag beat up GPA uh, in the following months. And, uh, yeah, they had a very intense reaction to it because those were the same guys that loved GPA. Right. You know, yep. they, they were absolutely a GPA fan club to a certain extent and uh, were certainly on his side. And I'm sure they felt betrayed as betrayed as Kylie felt. And... Uh, 
it was disgusting, you know, that, that you, you could feel this sense of disgust in, from them, uh, the sense of being let down, of being betrayed. And uh, I think it definitely played out in the in the following months with, you know, making that movement, the beat up GPA movement and just how you, know, you talk about you're asking me how it feels. That's something that feels insane over a stage side now when when GPA comes out, the disdain they have for him now, that emotion over there in, the, in that corner is phenomenal. It's 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 palpable. You can feel feel it you can taste it it's that serious yep uh, i mean that, that's true i mean like it, it just it really just rumbles up from from the and, and it starts in that corner and then even if the crowd if, if there's people there that this is their first time there yep. it just catches on like wildfire yeah. and, and it just right. engulfs the entire crowd and it's 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 really i mean it's 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 cool to see and like, and it's, it's, it's part of that environment that we, that we have at freelance where it's just like this, um, all encompassing audience. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm going to take this moment because it was something that was on my mind, uh, to interject in there, you know, part of what makes freelance great is the freelance crowd. I've been saying it for years and years and years and it it has, it hasn't changed. Uh, they take everything we give them and make it even better sometimes than you could think. I know this is about this year, but I think back to the first time we did the uh, Halloween gimmick battle royal. <laughs> and, um, Still up there. It's in my top five favorite matches ever. Top two. You know, it is for me too. And I don't think I've ever said this to you. I have said this to other people. Yeah. When you told me about it, once I got there and handed me the piece of paper, I thought it was the biggest piece of dog shit <laughs> I had ever seen. What I is was, this bullshit? I was, I was angry about it. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, I was say, I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> A lot of people said the same thing. They're yeah. like, "This is such a bad look. Like, why are you gonna do this? Like, people, oh, it's gonna. It looks so like garbage. Like right. backyard wrestling." Yeah. And but what made it? Because on paper it was just okay. So we have our regular guys and a bunch of local guys that nobody knows dressing up as WWE current and former and just wrestling. <laughs> period. And not even looking like the guys half the damn time. <laughs> like, and I'm like, why? But then. I don't know who the first person to come out was. Came out? I don't remember. I, I okay. think the first person that came out was uh, Sean Phoenix dressed up as Andy Kaufman. No. He, can, he definitely wasn't first. Who was first? I think the first one was, uh, oh, it was Garrett as uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And, so, and then the number two was was uh, was Danger Mask, Brandon Conway as uh, as Laparka, which yeah. very very nearly killed himself <laughs> on that spot. But that was crazy. So what's amazing to me is the moment those people came out as the former wrestlers they were portraying, the entire crowd acted like they were seeing those people. They believed that that was Triple H, or at least they didn't care whether they believed it or not. They bought into it for that moment. Like, it was Triple H, it was Shawn Michaels, it was The Rock. They were in on the bit. Yeah. 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 And to me, I said from that point forward, it was all about the crowd. We can do... You've been to some... You know, you've worked some amazing promotions that nobody shows up for. I think of Vanguard back in the day. Vanguard was putting on some great, great shows, shows at the end yep. that nobody saw. 
So, you know, what good is a great show if nobody sees it? And, you know, a crowd makes a great, a good show great and a great show amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's what freelance has been very fortunate to have. They buy everything we're selling them, you know, and they just make it that much more special. So hats off to you guys. I know that's not exactly what this show is about, but uh, I feel like it needed to be said. I say that that all the time, you know, uh, freelance is a show where anyone can go to even if they're not a wrestling fan and by god they're gonna walk out of there as the biggest biggest fan uh, you've ever seen so um it just it's just a sentient uh, sentiment to the folks who come in the door they're uh, folks that are looking for an alternative on their friday nights they've done a little bit of pregame they're going out and an alternative to going to the bar or going to the movies or to a concert is going to a freelance show and then they keep coming back because they're entertained by whatever we give them in the ring so i'll piggyback on that um every show I don't think there's been one without fail, at least in recent history. At the end of the show, fans will come up to me and you know thank me and tell me how good of a night it was. Every show, there's at least one person, couple, group that will come up to me and say it was their first night here and how amazing it was and that they'll absolutely be back. And sometimes they've come because someone on the show was a co-worker. Yep. Sometimes they've come because a friend brought them mm-hmm. or they were just looking for something to do and they saw it on some social media outlet or another and they decided to come out and check it out. And they're not, a lot of them not even wrestling fans. I right. know you mentioned that yeah, as well. Yeah. Yep. And they're sold. They, they buy into it from the moment they get there and, and all of us, everything we do plays into that, and, but that crowd atmosphere, I think, also plays into that. Yeah. They feel like they're part of something yeah. because that the way the crowd is, it becomes it becomes an animal. It becomes its own thing. <laughs> yeah. I do want to quickly interject before we move on to the, uh, the February show. The other moment that I think has kind of been kind of lost and forgotten mm-hmm. but was really important. Bucky versus Isaiah. Isaiah's comeback match yep. after a very serious injury. Almost yeah. career-ending. Yeah, right. Almost, I mean, that. Bucky Collins, who I thought in uh, back half of 2017, did a great job yeah. in terms of getting people to dislike him. He had some really good matches. And for that to come together to start 2018, I thought was uh, something that, like, maybe in December people have kind of forgotten. But I thought that kind of helped build kind of what, was, what ended up being a really good year for freelance. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the next month, the February show... Uh, Freelance's home uh, had uh, a match that I don't think was initially intended, but, you know, due to circumstances, there was a four-way number one contenders match. I thought at the end of the year in 2017, with what the body of work Darren Corbin had stacked up, he should have been automatically in line for a championship match, but he was able to defeat Ethan Page, Isaiah Velasquez, and Space Monkey in the main event to earn that Freelance uh, number one contenders match against uh, Shugdi in the next month. Um, there was definitely some um, some stuff that happened in that match that uh, maybe didn't allow Isaiah Velasquez to get an opportunity at the Freelance Championship. Um, some of that had to do with Darren Corbin. Some of it had to do with Ethan Page. But um, it it was one of the matches that stuck out the most to me. But uh, besides the, that match, there were two huge matches on that show: Stevie and Anthony Henry, mm-hmm. Craig Mitchell, and James Drake. So, um, I mean, of those matches, if you could pick one that stuck out to you or a spot in those matches that stuck out to you, feel free to shed some light. I'll go last. I want to piggyback onto the main event. I think okay. there's a couple of things in the main event that okay. I want to cover yeah, as well. Well, I mean, we definitely talked about it earlier about yep. uh, Craig and James Drake, um, you know, that uh, is up for, you know, one of our match of the years, yep. you know, one ma- match of the year matches. And it was the first time we, we, and we have seen, we'd seen Anthony Henry in the past. 
this was the first time we were seeing James Drake, and what a perfect pairing for him to to showcase his strengths. No pun intended. Yep. Uh, again, then against our regu- resident, uh, you know, bully, yeah. Craig Mitchell, and you know these two, like we said earlier, it was two hosses just going in there and just you said eighteen wheelers, just yep. boom, 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 right against each other, and and that's exactly what it was, and and. I don't think the crowd was was ready for to see like you know the athleticism that James Drake. You know he's a big boy, yeah, but he, he can is. he can move quicker than 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 I can. You know yeah. he's he's, a, <laughs> he's great and uh, and Craig same way. You know and I I, do, I think this was a sleeper match of the year. You know that people are you know if you haven't seen this you know or you you know don't remember it, go back and watch this because yep. man that they, they put on a fucking hell of a Show. match. Yeah. There's so many times now that uh, after seeing that match with Craig Mitchell uh, and James Drake, I fantasy book all the time matches for Craig Mitchell and James Drake because it um, it not open it didn't open up my eyes about Craig Mitchell because I had seen the body of work he had been doing with Freelance Underground in the last year and the start of the year with Freelance, uh, but James Drake it's not someone who I saw regularly before that and now I'm just thinking of all the cool matches he can have with everyone out there in the universe just in general uh, ever since that match. So. Gabe took notice, too. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have a DM Gabe later. So, um, Kirby, anything from that show that really stuck out to you from the matches? No, I'm going to say the match we're talking about. Uh, absolutely, Drake and, and Mitchell. Um, Mitchell, you know, I think already had the Freelance Underground belt yep. at that point. Since October. So, and, and to me, that was a real turning point for him. Yeah. And... Uh, and in months leading up to that, going back maybe, oh, not quite two years in freelance history, you know, Craig was doing well, but not great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was the, to see the transformation from his match with, say, Mike Elgin to his matches now with guys like James Drake and PCO Marcus. and Marcus Crane. It's night and day. It's yeah. night and day. Yep. Um, you know, and he's he's fought to to get those second chances, you don't always get those second chances. That was a hell of an opportunity. I mean, I, Elgin, whatever I say his work, his name, and people are probably pissed off. But you can't deny his work. Yeah, right. He's a hell of a wrestler. And you can't deny that that was an opportunity at that time for Craig Mitchell to shine, and he didn't. Let's you know, and and he knows this too, and he and I have conversed about this. Yeah, he didn't. And those type of chances don't come along all the time. You don't always get a second chance at that to carry a promotion, to get these big matches again. And Craig worked his ass off to, to get back to that point and beyond that point. Yeah. He's, you know, we thought he was ready then, and he wasn't. And now he's beyond ready. Yeah. And I think people, Gabe included, you know, like you said, are starting to take notice. Yep. And they should be. Yeah, yeah. he definitely has... Uh, it's helped his confidence in, in the ring, and you know, and it shows. Yeah, uh, you had some notes on that the four way number one contenders match at the end of the show. Yes, in February. So I just wanted to mention the fact that like you have two stories that kind of break off from that match, right? Ethan Page and Cannon started their story. They have a, they have a tag they have a tag title match either in March or April mm-hmm. that kind of leads into what they're doing, and then you have for the second time, uh, Darren Corbin being Isaiah Velasquez. Yep. And that was the whole thing because they had started their thing in August. It was it was gonna continue, but then Isaiah obviously got hurt. Yeah, and then for for Darren Corbin to like again, and I think at this point it was probably a good thirteen months since he had lost a singles contest. You're right. Uh, I thought I thought it really kind of showed Corbin uh, not only as a character that people kind of hated and like were emotionally invested in, but as a guy who could wrestle and like 
if you like, if you watch a lot of wrestling, you watch a lot of Corbin, you know that. But I think for the freelance crowd who kind of mostly saw Corbin as a community character, to see him on that run and then kind of culminate it with what he did in that four-way and then the next month against uh, Shug, I think it kind of shed, shed, a new, uh, shed a new light on Darren Corbin. And that was not the start of it, but I thought it was almost like the apex of it. Sure. You're right. Absolutely. So yeah. March, March's show, this very moment, um, was, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about it again, that street fight between Stevie and Anthony Henry, but also the return of the freelance champion, Suge D. Uh, Suge won the championship in December. Uh, we didn't see Suge in January or February, but uh, Darren Corbin, with a chip on his shoulder, goes into that match and defeats Suge D in a Loser Leaves Freelance match. Um, that one was kind of a, a shock to me, personally, because uh, Suge D been here since the beginning, right? Uh, we've seen Suge transition, um, you know, every single time he comes to freelance uh, from when he started to to now. And um, uh, that match was a bit of a shocker to me, to say the least. So, But there were some other pieces on that show, if you guys want to chat a little bit about that. Well, to jump on that, Suge D was the heart and soul of freelance. Yeah. You know, like you said, they're from pretty darn the beginning. December 2014 was his uh, debut. Yeah. And the crowd absolutely because that's, that's when uh, he had the uh, Macho Man trunks. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it became a quick, quick, quick fan favorite and more than a fan favorite. I think he won the fan favorite category for these awards at least two years in a row, Maybe. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and, or, you know, and not just a fan favorite. He was the heart and soul of freelance, he was the he was the underdog. He was the one everybody wanted to see get it and win it, and he couldn't, and he couldn't, and just blockade an obstacle after one after another uh, in the form of Christian Rose and and just everything else that just kept Craig getting Mitchell, it. Mitchell, right. Beta, Isaiah, yeah. Beta in general, yeah. yeah. Everything that just kept getting in his way, and he couldn't get there, and he couldn't get there, yeah. and uh, yeah, to see this guy, you know. The guy that embodied freelance and embodied what the fans loved about freelance uh, to lose to someone like Corbin. I don't mean that from a skill standpoint by any means, but just from, you know, I think it was a shocker. I think it was it was something that they didn't expect. You mentioned getting so close. I mean, I remember just the the scenes of when Ali won that six man scramble. Suge was trying to get into the ring to break up that pinfall because he knew that he wanted that opportunity to win the freelance championship or get in the the main event of that show. Also, in the Battle Royal in 2017, he was so close to winning that until Stevie, through nefarious means, eliminated Suge right there at the end. So there were so many times where he got so close and so close and he was finally able to capture in December, and then ultimately he lost. And uh, that was his second defense, right? No, the first, first well, defense. his first second defense because he had also defended Correct. it in December yeah. in that triple right. threat match. Right, right. But uh, adding yeah. on, remember he was also in the first freelance wrestling uh, heavyweight title match. Yep. He was eliminated first in that four way, and the crowd was pissed. Yeah, like he had already by then, by June of 2015, six months into kind of his freelance run, he'd already kind of ingratiated himself. But I think what's interesting with him is kind of like Craig, but a little different, right? By the and kind of like Jeff, by the time he became champion, some of the luster on the like was kind of gone. But to look at what he's doing now, yeah, he's globetrotting. Absolutely, Shog is killing it. Yeah, he's he's best shape probably ever. Yeah, at least since like when you know when he was like eighteen in Shakara. Like, right. yeah, he's he's doing several month long uh, 
what's it called? Uh, tours, run. Tours in the UK. Like, that's a guy who took, you know, we don't really have to get in, kind of, kind of get into the depth of it, but some, some of the criticisms, and he has proven everyone wrong. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very appreciative of what I've seen just out of Shug D in the last few months, for sure. So, um, the next show... Well, one last, oh, I, no, I, have, I do have one last thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, quite possibly one of my favorite matches that uh, we were able to book uh, this year was uh, Craig Mitchell and Swoggle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which actually, yeah. Swoggle afterwards, uh, he said that out of every his whole career, yeah. this is easily in his top five favorite matches that he's ever wow. had. Wow. And it was, just, it was really good because we have... You know, dastardly heel Craig Mitchell, the bully, yeah. against Swoggle. You know, who's you know, he's a little guy, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I think that it really showed Craig's depth here as yeah. as being able to be the straight man to the comedy act, yeah. but still like, but not be like a ha ha funny guy. Like yeah. it was, it was really good. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, like it was that. one of those. I mean, it was one of those matches we just rattled off, right? I don't know how many matches Craig had this year, and none of us oh, said it didn't that. Even come up. <laughs> it didn't even come up because he's had so many, so many, so many great matches. So um, after that, we moved on to April. The Ghost of Right Now uh, again available on Powerbomb TV if you want to check that out. Um, that uh, show featured at least in the main event. Um, Darren Corbin versus Eric Cannon and Ethan Page. Mm -hmm. That showed, um, I mean, something we saw kind of culminate in the last month, but uh, started the uh, rift between Cannon and Page, two veterans. Uh, Cannon's been doing it a lot longer than Ethan Page, but um, Page felt like Cannon needed to step his game up a little bit, and that was kind of the start of it when um, he was able to uh, really mess with Cannon, ultimately winning the championship. Yeah, because I think so. In April was a triple threat. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in May they had the tag title match. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and it was right then where Paige went on Cannon. But yeah, that triple threat match was really good. It's a match that's definitely probably forgotten in terms of match of the year candidates, but it was a really good match. And I thought, I shouldn't, like, and I thought, like, in terms of freelance, kind of, uh, that was the first uh, show I went, okay, we're back. Yep. Like, as in 2016 was killer, 2015 was killer, 2017 wasn't a bad year, but, like, there was there a couple of hiccups. There was, there was hiccups. And then 2018 started well, but it was like, let's see if we can really right. carry this momentum. And I went April, yep, we yep. got it. it Freelance is back. This is, it, it started to feel the same way it did yep. when Ali was champion. Right? And that gets mentioned a lot. Yeah. yeah. Right. Deservedly so, he's Don't freaking figure. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the, we had that vibe again. And, like, it felt like in 2017, not that, like, things were bad, but, like, it, I think that's what kind of set 2018 up was yeah. that show. Yep. Uh, also, another big part of this show, at least for me personally, was... Uh, Myself and Chris Castro, after winning the tag titles, finally being able to defeat the N Words, yep. uh, a team that we. Yeah. That's what they're called. That's the team name. Don't give me that hiss. Next, you got two black people with you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, um, you know, we, we, we made it to the. Are you leaving out Sterling? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we had made it to the finals of the tag team tournament, the initial, you know, to crown the initial champions with, with them, uh, coming up short. And then, again, you know, I think we, we wrestled them in a triple threat with Be- Beauty and the Beast and coming up short once again. Uh, and they were always seemed to be the team that we just couldn't beat. And, uh, you, know, we, you know, me and Castro had a little bit of a, you know, a rift between us. You know, yep. we, we solved our problems and we came back. And I think we, anybody that we, we, we had in front of us, you know, we were able to, to, to overcome and, you know, to finally be able to, to conquer that, that last 
goal, I guess, uh, was a pretty big uh, moment for like myself personally. One of the things I like, uh, obviously, about freelance is just some of the storytelling. You talked a little bit about that. That match was back in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. Um, over that time period, there's been a lot that's gone on. Uh, you talked about just kind of the rift between you and Castro um, and uh, some of the things you guys did separately uh, and being able to work to uh, ultimately get back as a tag team, win the championships, and also overcome the N-Words, a team that you guys lost to four years ago is just poetry right there's some other stories that we'll talk about a little bit later in some of the later shows that have been going on i mean from the beginning so uh, one of the other things that i really liked on that show was um stevie versus austin theory austin was uh, was austin initially i don't know if he was no, initially was, on that show it was it was uh, supposed to be stevie versus peter avalon uh, okay, but yep. peter unfortunately uh just fainted oh and yes, uh, and, and cracked his head open on the on the getting on the train uh, back home in L.A., and so he was rushed to the hospital. You know, he, thankfully he was fine, uh, mm-hmm. nothing too serious, no concussion or anything. So, yeah. but we needed to find a, a suitable replacement, and the WWN champion, the WWN <laughs> champion. I think yeah. he was the FIP champion yes. at the time as yeah. well. You know, uh, the, a man who a man who was just <laughs> a picture of him was posted on John Cena's Instagram. Yep. Uh, he's a guy that 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 you know is by no. Uh, you know, short of talent there, you know, yeah. he's, he's the future of the business. I would, some would say, you know, he's, I mean, young, uh, he's, I think he's only 24, 25. He might be younger. Actually. He might be younger. I met I him say, when he was 18. Well, I was going to say one of he his first, one of his one first, of his first matches, matches was at freelance. Yes. It was, uh, the, uh, the, freelance first, the first CCW freelance show. Yep. Oh yeah. He kicked me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he was in that match that had, uh, Air Fox, a few other folks in that too. But, uh, I'll always remember that cause he was young as maybe like three or four matches in and he got an opportunity in the scramble where a lot of folks kind of get that first opportunity. So, um, but yeah, well, of a match between him and Stevie, man. Something about the WWN champion always wanted to be around freelance. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, May was the decline of Midwestern civilization. Um, it featured a hell of a singles match between Zy Brookside and Kylie Ray. Oh, yeah. Haven't checked that out. Definitely do that. Um, For the IPW uh, UK Women's Championship, actually. You're right. You're right. Um, the main event of that show featured. 20 people, I believe. Yep. 20 people in a number one contender battle royal. Um, there was a whole slew of characters in that match, uh, Matt including yourself. Uh, Pizza Cat was in that match. Uh, Kobe Durst, Holly Lane, uh, Chase Holiday. Uh, Moondog Bernard was in that match. My boy. Um, Mick Drake's debut. Mick, da- Mick Drake's debut uh, was in that match as well. Uh, but it all com- came down to two, I mean, two staples uh, in freelance, and that's Isaiah Velasquez and Stevie Pierce. Um, Isaiah's able to eliminate Stevie, um, which is which is very interesting because a year before, right, Stevie was the one to win the Battle Royal and man get the opportunity uh, for the uh, to challenge for the freelance championship. So um, I really like that match because not only it was a bunch of people that um, I never see or don't see that often, but also an opportunity to just kind of show Isaiah as well as Stevie um, and how they can handle with just different opponents in general and Pizza Cat. It was re- and it was really fun to see them. I mean, uh, I think Stevie was number one, mm-hmm. and then Isaiah came out as number two, and then yeah. just that that the uh, the 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 stare down and the crowd just like let's go Stevie Isaiah like back and forth back and forth yep. was just something that I thought was really cool. And then uh, and then just all the interaction like you said uh, following that. 
uh, was was pretty maybe great. Maybe the most iconic photo in freelance of uh, Stevie and, and Isaiah with the mirror. <laughs> and the, in the, the face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't for some reason. Which 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 Matt neglected to post on freelance's page. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> or or is or is like the promotional or like not putting that in the promotional figure for their tag team match. Like, it yeah. should have been. Um, but also at number three, we saw the return of of BD Fierce. BD Fierce, <laughs> one of my favorite recurring. It's a great recurring uh, character in freelance. Again, uh, born out of what? The, the Halloween gimmick battle royale. Yeah. yeah, the gimmick battle royale. And mm-hmm. the crowd just taking a, a liking to uh, BD Fierce uh, and uh, coming out there, strutting out to the ring. I don't. I don't. Uh, maybe it did piss Stevie off a little bit, but it's like one of the coolest things ever. So, um, but yeah, uh, Zaya Brookside, Kylie Ray, Zaya goes on to, I don't know if it was at the time or maybe a little bit before that. She goes on to compete in the May Young Classic. That was after. after. That was after, uh, goes on to compete in the May Young Classic. She's now performing the NXT UK brand, um, was in the NXT NXT UK women's uh, title tournament. So she's doing a lot of great things uh, definitely, on definitely. her own right, and we've had the pleasure of having her in the freelance ring and had a great time. Hopefully and in the future, too. Hopefully again sometime. That's, I mean, that's a match you might see on WWE te- television at some point. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. For real. Definitely. Yeah. Um, if we move to our anniversary, so freelance versus the world four, four years now. Wow. Uh, <laughs> four years now, freelance has been ripping it up in, in Chicago. Um, a lot of matches on that show. Um, some of my favorite matches are on that show as well. Uh, the first iteration of GPA and Kylie Ray, uh, the storytelling in that match. I mean, I can go on and on. I rewatched it again recently. There were so many things that I saw in that match that I was just like absolutely forward with, um, as well as um, Isaiah and Darren Corbin. So, I mean, uh, was there anything else on the show or if you guys want to touch on those matches or some of the things you saw that was just like um well that was uh that show i mean that was when we uh as as a team chris castro and i mm-hmm. uh we had an open challenge and that yeah. was this was the first time that we saw anthony henry and james drake as a team yep uh and they they Someone fucked up they absolutely, <laughs> they absolutely ate us alive I handed your ass and uh <laughs> it was a hell of a learning experience i'll tell you that yeah but um I mean, look at that. I mean, this this is what this is June, and yep. and we're recording this right now at the end of December, and they're still running strong as tag team champions. So yeah. with no end in sight, I don't think. You I, know? Ta- like, I mean, I talked about that with Kmel. Is I, I don't see anyone right now on the freelance roster that can dismantle the workhorsemen. I mean, they're just so dominant. They've had some close tests, right? The Ugly Ducklings came in there, gave them a run for their money. A that's lot one of the best. That's one of the that. best tag teams in North America. And You're they right. Still can beat them. You're right. The freelance champion couldn't beat them. You're right. And the freelance underground champion couldn't beat them. So um, we're, we're just going to have to keep our eyes peeled on that. But, uh, but I mean, yeah. There were a lot of matches on that show, a lot of really, really good matches. Stevie Fierce show. versus Peter Avalon was one of my favorite matches of the year. Uh, Peter, I think, yep. is bar none, like, one of the most criminally underrated guys and underused guys on, right. in, in wrestling, period. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I mean, David Arquette could tell you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> da- he, trainer of David Arquette. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think in, in 2019 we'll be seeing a lot more of Peter Avalon. And, and David Arquette. And Dave, well, hopefully David Arquette. We almost had David Arquette. Hey, he just does Warrior. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that show also had Craig Mitchell and PCO. Uh, I mean, what a match. We can talk about the rise of PCO until we're blue in the face, but uh, PCO just recently signing with Ring of Honor Wrestling. And uh, 
uh, got the opportunity to face Craig Mitchell in a singles match. And, I mean, what was it, a Canadian destroyer on the, on the stage? On the stage. Oh. Yep. PCO, I've seen PCO probably about half a dozen times this year, and he's always out there just killing himself and his opponent. Uh, that's for sure, but more so probably killing himself. Uh, he's uh, He did some wacky stuff. Uh, you know, I was at Bolo this year. He did some really crazy stuff in a match with Brody King. He did uh, a dive at the MLW show off the, like, the, from the crowd onto a table. I mean, he's just done some really wacky stuff. But he's, he's a human car crash is he, what he is. He absolutely is, and um, he's earned a, uh, a contract with Ring of Honor Wrestling, so that's kind of cool. But um, Craig took it to him and brought it to him. I mean, um, I saw... PCO trying to shake out the cobwebs after that match just from how much Craig brought it to him. Uh, one match I do want to talk about was GPA and Kylie Ray. There were some things in that match that I really, really liked. Uh, I was not expecting. Um, the part where uh, uh, they used Kylie Ray's belt off her trunks um, mm-hmm. just went to town, just back and forth whipping each other with that. And you saw just some of the damage that it did to the body. Um, using the fans, Kylie Ray, nefariously known for using the fans in her matches. Uh, <laughs> using the fans in her matches, the freelance faithful, um, to just pick apart or get at or get under skin of GPA. Um, the chair, we, we've seen the chair being brought into the her match Rana. time and go. time again. Um, Kylie Ray not able to get it done, though, uh, in that contest, GPA able, able to pick up the victory. Uh, Kylie Ray poised for a lot of great things, obviously just in life, but also uh, was uh, headed to stardom uh, for a tour of Japan, her first tour of Japan uh, shortly after that as well. But that match was hands down my favorite of the year, mm-hmm. uh, even more so than the match at the end just because of some of the simple stuff. So, and, and lastly for this show, I mean, probably one of the most important moments of the year, I would say, is uh, Isaiah's beating Darren Corbin yeah. for the championship to become the first ever two-time freelance world champion. Yep. Uh, you know, this title... Changes are few and far between. Yep. And uh, for Isaiah to always to, June, always, <laughs> not always. June and December. Yeah. It just seems to work out that way. It some bizarre this year, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, just uh, you know, it's hard enough for a guy to get an opportunity for the championship once, yeah. let alone to win it. Yeah. Never mind winning it twice. So right. hats off to Isaiah on that. And I want to quickly interject. Yeah. The the shape Isaiah was in in June, what like less. Right, six months since he got to be able to like, start training again. Yeah. Just the whole rook and dedication that, like, he shows, like, that. I just want to, like, that's something he deserves a bunch He came of. back shredded. Kirby, talk yeah. a little bit about Isaiah Velasquez, his first title reign, versus title reign in the last few months that we've seen. Uh, just some of the differences or some of the similarities and the Isaiah then and the Isaiah now. Well, Isaiah is, I would say, for me, the guy I've had a relationship for the longest or relationship with the longest in professional wrestling in my time in professional wrestling. Um, I'm a little over 10 years now uh, doing ring announcing and commentary through, wow, it's probably a dozen different companies all around Chicagoland and abroad. Um, But I've known Isaiah for a very, very, very long time and I've seen uh, multiple iterations of him and what we're talking about now and at that point when he came back from that injury to see him in the best shape that he's been in and to be able to come back from that injury. And, and we keep talking about this injury and people may not 
know yeah. or see, have seen this injury because it didn't happen at Freelance. It happened at Golly. Yeah. Um, you were there. I was there. Yeah. And uh, it, was a, it was a hell of a scary moment. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to bullshit you on that. Um, and, you know, just to let people know, it's, it's, sometimes it's the easiest thing. It was a flapjack. You know, it, was, it wasn't the craziest move in the world. He wasn't coming off a ladder. He wasn't going through a table. He wasn't doing anything, quote, unquote, stupid, as, you know, your cornets or whatever would like to say. He was doing a flapjack. It was the fundamentals. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, uh, and came down wrong. And, you know, that's, these guys go out there time after time after time putting their bodies on the line where the simplest of moves, you know, gravity or whatever it is, the wind blowing or who knows what, can take an effect and all of a sudden you're hurt. And Isaiah's, you know, at, at, at the top of his game at this point, and to go down like that, and it shook him, you know. Yeah, uh, definitely shook his I, confidence, yeah. I know him very, very well. And, you know, there was, there was moments where he was unsure whether or not he could or should come back to this business. And, uh, and he did, and he trained incredibly hard and came back. And to, to see that pay off in becoming the first ever two-time uh, freelance world champion uh, was was pretty amazing. You're right. Uh, July had uh, a bit of a change from change from the, the years past, and um, some folks uh, liked the show quite a bit because it featured a lot of talent from a bunch of different promotions. There was Hood Slam featured, Fest Wrestling, Super Kicked, um, Galley Lucha Libre. Uh, am I am I forgetting some promotions? We're now over? Team GCW. Uh, uh, GCW, GCW as well. Yeah, and then uh, I mean Freelance Underground as well. That was the yep. first I, or the second time we had the Freelance Underground title defended, I believe. You're right. Um, that was the show that had the match between Craig Mitchell and Marcus Crane. Uh, a war we don't need to talk too much more about, but definitely one that uh, if you we have not seen it, yet, <laughs> if you have not seen it, definitely check it out on um, Powerbomb TV. The match I want to talk about is the main event, right? Uh, Isaiah Velasquez, Darren Corbin, two out of three falls. The reason I want to talk about this match is because both of these guys have had previous contests before this. Obviously, Isaiah and Darren Corbin the month before, and Isaiah and Darren Corbin, uh, what was that? Uh, so first August time. 2017 was their singles match. Yep. Uh, we already talked about the uh, the fatal four way that they had. That was number one contenders match. Yep. So this is their fourth encounter, uh, third in a singles match. Mm-hmm. Two out of three falls. Whoever wins this is going to win the series. Yep. Um, Darren Corbin was able to beat Isaiah Velasquez the first time they met. One of the, uh, I mean, very few victor- uh, losses, I should say, Isaiah Velasquez has suffered. But uh, one of the uh, many wins and wins in a row Darren Corbin ha- had. Um, and Isaiah comes in there the month before, able to defeat Darren Corbin. And Darren was not having it. He wanted to settle this once and for all. And they did that in a two out of three falls match. And Isaiah was able to pick up the victory. Um were underrated there, match. A mm-hmm. very underrated match. Were there things in that match that um, surprised you or some that stuck out just in general? Me personally, um, I personally, uh, one of the coolest things in that match was Isaiah able to pick up the victory back-to-back on Darren Corbin. It looked like, because Darren went right at it. He went at the neck of Isaiah Velasquez in that match and just started to go to town and Kirby just talked a little bit about this. Some of the injury, the injury he, he did suffer, um, potentially career threatening injury and Darren Corbin knowing Darren Corbin, that's exactly what he attacked right at the onset was able to pick up the victory and Isaiah's consistently battling back, battling back, battling back and able to get two victories in a row to retain the championship. 
it's the thing I like most about that. Um, but there are other folks. Uh, people got to look at and see for the first time folks from uh, Hood Slam, like Serial Man, Drugs Bunny, El Chupacabra. Um, <laughs> Effie uh, was able to come in. And, and When's Effie coming back? <laughs> I wish I could have Effie every day of my life. Yeah. He's the one of the best humans I've ever met. I was. It was really nice to meet and chat with Effie quite a bit uh, before his match that night. Um, uh, got to see some of the guys that uh, are featured quite a bit on Galley Lucha Libre, uh, mm-hmm. as well as in uh, uh, DTU on the show as well. I yes, yes. And then also we saw the freelance debut of Thunder Rosa. Yes. A very frequent uh, of, on the freelance underground shows, but this You're was right. the first time we had her on freelance. Uh, she's incredible, incredible yeah, talent. Absolutely and, incredible. And just, it's a pleasure seeing Thunder Rosa in Freelance Underground uh, quite a bit. And then her coming into Freelance for the first time and actually able to pick up a victory over GPA is is just huge. One of her uh, longtime rivals. Yep. Uh, they actually, uh, one of my first few shows working for Freelance Underground, uh, I was able to commentate that, that match, and they absolutely just went to one of the main event. So uh, August was Dismantling Summer. Um, we got to see the return of Beauty and the Beast, Rob Matter and Stevie Pierce, um, as they took on uh, you, you and Big C. Um, talk a little bit about that match. I mean, you, uh, obviously you and Castro, you guys have your history. You guys have been friends for quite some time. But uh, talk about uh, being able to go against Stevie and Rob in a match that, I mean, there had been a lot of delay or a delay since the last time you guys were able to tear it up with each other. Well, it was really great. Um, obviously, myself and Castro, great friends. Uh, I'm really great friends with, with Stevie and with Rob. Uh, and Rob uh, had taken a, a, a walk away from wrestling for a bit, and this match was, was scheduled to be us against Stevie and, and Mystery Partner. And, yeah. and you know, we, we didn't know what, going into it what the hell it was going to be, and, you know, it turned out to be Rob. And yeah. it was crazy. It kind of threw us for a loop. And... Um, you know, we had uh, we had our game plan set, uh, especially dealing with Stevie, yeah. and, uh, which, it, as you see in the match, we uh, <laughs> I, uh, unveil the uh, baby Sinclair. Yeah. That was a, a little bit of a contingency plan in the match. If things weren't going our way, at least I knew that I could, uh, you know, sway his uh, attention yeah. away from us for at least a little bit. A little bit of a dastardly uh, <laughs> tactic, <laughs> but hey, man, it, it was a... Number one contendership match. Yeah. You know, we had lost two straight to the workhorsemen. We were really, really trying to get back to that spot and, sh- and prove that we could be there. Uh, so we were trying to look, uh, pick up that win any way we could. And um, they came to bite you guys in Unfortunately, the it, yeah, it definitely <laughs> worked in our, against, uh, against us. And, uh, you know, they came victorious uh, with an assisted splash from the baby Sinclair doll. Yeah. So. You lost to baby Sinclair. It's weird. It doesn't say that anywhere in my notes, but I, I saw it happen. All right. Um, other matches on the show, there was uh, the debut of the Gymnasty Boys, um, as well as Isaiah and GPA. Um, Isaiah and GPA have a bit of a history as well. Um, two, uh, well, the current freelance champion as well as a former freelance champion. Um, a guy that uh, GPA, especially when Isaiah first uh, held the belt, GPA was constantly chasing mm-hmm. to get an opportunity and was able to uh get the victory over Isaiah. What was that in the chop shop, I believe? Uh, so uh, the first time GPA and Isaiah wrestled in a singles match, mm-hmm. uh, GPA had already become champion. But in that triple threat, I think that's what okay. you were referencing. Yep. I think that was our last show at the bottom lounge. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. was, that was the night uh, Ali left. Yep. Uh, yeah, so GPA uh, was able to beat Isaiah and Ali that night. And then two months later, 
Uh, they wrestled in a singles match, and uh, GPA beat him again. And at this point, uh, Isaiah had never beaten GPA, in yeah. freelance at least. And that was, that was kind of uh, the story going in, was whether GPA was his kryptonite and uh, whether that was going to continue going forward. It just speaks to the body of work Isaiah has stacked up this year since he came back from that injury, and uh, able to overcome GPA is not a small task, and uh, Isaiah was able to do it that month. Uh, September took the month off regroup a bit and then fired back in october um that was the it came from beneath the ring uh, pun intended right as we saw um, <laughs> if you haven't gotten an opportunity again go check out the halloween battle royal uh on powerbomb tv a lot of cool might the, surprises it might have been the best one that we put <laughs> I together think so too because I, because if, I, I, I was talking to people about this before so the first one we did at the Abbey yep. was great. It was fantastic. The crowd was super into it. The year prior, or the, the next year, um, Chop at Chop Shop, decent match. Like, yeah. it still was, was okay, but, like, it just kind of lacked a little bit. The next year after that was our, was our first time doing it at Logan. Not a very good one at all. It was kind of just, oh, shit, like, who do we have to do this? So I, I really, because it's one of my, Halloween's one of my favorite holidays. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and I love integrating that into the into the show as well. So I took it upon myself to be like, okay, we need to like really kind of make this one special and great. And I think we knocked it out of the park with that, specifically on the fantastic job of <laughs> Chris Castro, uh, yeah. seemingly like, you know perfectly pulling off the uh, the three faces of Foley uh, in in the single match, but and also uh, coming out at the end as uh, Nakamura. You're right. Yeah. And, um, you know, we also had uh, at the end there, we had uh, BD Smooth as uh, Joey Ryan, (laughs) which I think is a fantastic. (laughs) And Val Capone as as Candice uh, Candice LeRae. And a Dick Druid. And a Dick Druid from All In, (laughs) who ended up winning the whole damn match. So, yeah, who who said that uh, dickheads can't win? win. So, um, when we talk about the Halloween Battle Royal, there's so many cool moments. But Mm -hmm. on that show in general, um, uh, that featured the return, right, of Kylie Ray after her collarbone injury? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Kylie Ray had a match with Ashley Vox. It was her first match back um, since suffering that injury in stardom. Um, folks not familiar, she suffered a collarbone injury and in one of the earlier matches of a tour of Japan. Um, set Kylie Ray back uh, a little bit. She was able to come back in record time just uh, truly tremendous. It speaks to Kylie Ray's determination to uh, not only be the very best, but to uh, catch them all. Is, <laughs> is that a pun or whatever? But uh, Kylie's fantastic. She came back and had a match with Ashley Vox uh, that was really, really good. And I, we got to see Ashley Vox in a freelance ring, too. Um, the main event, though, featured Craig Mitchell teaming with Isaiah Velasquez. A uh, bit of a reunion of beta, mm-hmm. right? The dream uh, team. <laughs> the dream team, the freelance underground champion and the freelance champion against the freelance tag team champions. Um, the thing to note before we dive into the match was Craig Mitchell had already had a match earlier in the night. Oh, yeah. A good match, too. <laughs> a great match with Caleb Conley where, I mean, I, I from watching from my vantage point, I thought Craig Mitchell was going to have to go to the hospital after that match. He took a number of shots and a lot of damage to the lower back. That uh, backdrop on the guardrail oh, on the outside man. was, I thought he paralyzed. Cringing just remi- reminding me of that. Um, that uh, So all of that, he steps up to the plate as Isaiah needs to find a partner for that match. And, and when Craig came through that curtain, 
everyone was just floored in terms of how, um, I mean, the testament to Craig and his ability to um, uh, seize opportunities and shine on the big stage. So, um, unfortunately, Craig and Isaiah lost that match, but it was a hell of a match. Which is, weirdly enough, a thing that they do when they're in a tag team. They, up to this point, they'd never won as a tag team. They lost to the N-Words in October of 2014. They'd lost uh, uh, Robert Anthony and Chris Hero in their match in August 2015. For whatever reason, those two just don't work. Like, they work well together, but they don't work well together. Yeah. Right. It's very interesting, yeah. Yep. They were a part of uh, Team Beta, right? Mm-hmm. Founding yeah. fathers. They yeah. Had found, yeah, the two founding members of that, along with Coach Joe. Yeah, yep. which does Coach Joe pay you to join Beta? <laughs> hey, man, that's an undisclosed <laughs> amount of money. <laughs> it definitely helped, though. He tried to slide that in and see if we can finally get the truth, but... Uh, I'm trying to join Beta if you pay me. <laughs> <laughs> um... Kirby, looking at the show, was there you know any particular moment that you thought uh, that kind of stuck out to you? Yeah, it's uh, one of the moments we're probably gonna be talking about when we go into talking about the awards would end up being uh, Ethan Page and Jake Manning and the Man yeah. Scout Jake Manning. Fantastic, um, yeah. You know, my vote for uh, funniest moment of the year was uh, Ethan Page getting stuck in that tent during that match and uh, an incredible match and. Sterling will tell you, I'm not always the biggest fan of comedy wrestling. Yeah. I mean, he knows this. Uh, but when it's done right by your, you know, your Cole Cabanas, your Toro Yanus, your Grado, your uh, Man Scout, Ethan Page, who doesn't do it all the time but does it's it a great very well man. when he does yeah. it. Um, you know, when it's done well and uh, by the guys who do it very well, I, you know, I will stand up and appreciate it. So I'm, I'm not anti it by any means, yeah. but I'm a harder sell on it. Yeah. And uh, this was a great match. This was a lot of fun. And uh, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite moments. And it's frustrating to me because I'm such an Ethan Page fan. Uh, if you ask Kirby, if you ask anyone, I talk about Ethan Page until my face goes blue just because of how uh, just nice of a guy he is as well as just how much he puts into his work just in general so uh before we get to the last show of the year there was a show in november hired gun um a lot of matches on the show a huge main event featuring pretty much the freelance all-stars uh to say the least we'll get into that um but uh one of the things that we haven't talked about that much as we've broken down the shows but something that's generally a part of all the shows right is the scramble match um, it's featured on every single show, I think, except one last year. Um, the uh, one with the uh, 20-man battle royal didn't have a scramble match on it. But uh, the the two people that stuck out to me in the scramble match in November were not only Bucky Collins, just because every time I see Bucky, I think he's he's just phenomenally talented and just over the top with charisma as well. But one person that really uh, got over in that match, to say the least, uh, is the Cobra. <laughs> uh, someone who, I love, yeah. I love Shock yeah. Dick and Yeah. He is incredible. I, I, that's a guy who, no joke, yeah. since the first goddamn show, I've been trying to book him. Really? And I just like, uh, times here and there, there's yeah. just a scheduling conflicts, and then I would just forget. Like, yeah. I'd be like, hey, you know, I got my other things that I'm worrying about. But I would always, like, come back to him and be like, hey, you, you, you free? And, yeah. and we finally were able to make it work. And, uh, you know, hopefully to have him back more often next year, too. I mean, go back and watch that match. He didn't do much in the match, but everything he did was different than a lot of the stuff we see on the shows yeah. month after month. And just some of the strikes and some of the things he does, his mannerisms, just instantly kind of uh, latched on with the crowd. Um, 
We also saw the debut of Frank the Clown. Or, I'm sorry, the re-debut of Frank the Clown, mm-hmm. this time with Robert Anthony instead of uh, against Robert Anthony. So uh, hopefully we'll see more of that unfold in the months to come. But um, This also was the, the singles debut of Mick Drake uh, right. the previous month. Sliding in after uh, Olsen and, and Ricky Shane Page had a hell of a match. Yep. He he, cr- he literally cracked a skull yeah. on, on, on on Ricky Shane Page's head yep. and then threw Olsen higher than I've seen any human be thrown before. <laughs> um, so that avalanche German suplex yeah. is a thing of beauty. And, um, and and we saw him pick up the victory uh, in November here against Alex Olsen. Yep. Another really good match, by the way. I thought him and Olsen had really good chemistry. Yeah. I'm sure that has to be the first time they ever wrestled. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. short, sweet, but, uh, I mean, really good chemistry, like you said, at the onset. Uh, Mick Drake is someone that I'm really interested in seeing more of, just size and um, just the strength of Mick Drake in the short time we've seen him. Mm -hmm. It's just, again, something different uh, that we just don't see all the time at freelance and just in general in the area. But the main event was Team Kylie Ray versus Team GPA. Both team captains able to pick their partners. Uh, GPA picked Anthony Henry, Elliot Paul, as well as James Drake. Very formidable tag team uh, versus uh, Kylie Ray, who picked Isaiah Velasquez, Ringo Loco, and Craig Mitchell. So both sides had two champions on them, uh, but all eight people in this match, staples in freelance wrestling, um, and they just went to war. Uh, the match started, and I think I timed it, the match, the bell rang, but the match didn't start for another 10 minutes, I think, after the bell rang because the crowd was just so rabid. Each individual person uh, was being cheered for the, you know, the, the, uh, the Team Kylie Ray, Team GPA, the other guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did Elliot Paul so dirty. Yeah. They did him so dirty in that so match. Dirty. So dirty. Elliot Paul, someone who uh, comes out there every single month uh, to freelance, and they hit him with that other guy chant and it seems like it's that's another guy yeah. who's worked his ass off yeah, yeah. Look, look at the shape he's in right now yeah he's f- f- incredible shape he's Phenomenal probably fit. one of, one of if not the most in shape you know chiseled uh yep. person on the roster yep. that and he's, he's versatile like he can do comedic bits he can be kind of you can kind of be the the kind of the moment of levity in matches but he can also wrestle yep, yep. and he can kind of blend them together into a match and like that's a guy that like in 2019 i think he's gonna do some big things in freelance and also like in other promotions like yep. I, I love i can't and he's also got a really nice kind of like kind of funny sarcastic kind of dry sense of humor in the locker room and yep. i definitely appreciate that mm-hmm. sense. Yep. kind of a similar sensibility an odd story for me for that match uh that was also my birthday show yeah and i got my wife and son to come out for that show who had never been to a freelance show before my wife's been to a few wrestling shows not many she's not the biggest fan and uh but the reason i bring that up is at the end of the night asking her you know what she liked and all that uh her favorite person in that match was i candy elliott Wow! Um, yeah, she's high like, that, that I can from Miss Alexander. She, so Jesus, yeah, she was uh, she was very high on him. So yeah, just to say, you know, for a non wrestling fan, yeah, uh, you know, he caught her attention, and he, yeah, he's definitely he's got something different. Everyone on the show should be catching uh, the attention of the fans that are out <laughs> there, but uh, uh, I can't yell it. Uh, uh, able to uh, make a fan of a critic is sure. always a good thing. So I will say this about this match too. Uh, because a lot of times you you on paper you put matches together and you're just like this is going to be great and then for some reason or another it just doesn't totally deliver what you expected. This match was kind of the opposite. Yeah. Like for me at least, I mean, I mean you look at all these names in this match and you said it's a, it's the freelance all stars basically. 
and, and and on paper you're like, okay, this should be really good. A lot of times too, though, with that many people in a match, you're you're just like, yeah. I don't know. But I mean, watching this match, I, I have to say it was damn near a fucking work of art. You yeah, know, it was. It, it came was together incredible. so well in the end. Well, I remember next right after the show, like on social media, and I think you might have said that, like at, like when we were talking, you were like, this might have been the best main event. Has ever had. Yeah, it that's was, really high praise given like some like some of the matches, some of the main events freelancers had. Little did he know though, the next month, <laughs> uh, freelance wrestling too legit to quit featured. Um, we were talking a little bit before the podcast uh, came out. You said the best stretch, or maybe best it was five, you, yeah. best five match stretch ever. And I think the only other show that's even close was the first anniversary show. Yep. So that five match stretch included a, a respect match between Eric Cannon and Ethan Page, freelance tag team championship match with the Work Horsemen and the debuting Ugly Ducklings, Tracy Williams defending the Powerbomb TV Independent Championship against Kobe Durst, the freelance championship versus Isaiah Velasquez and Craig Mitchell, and the I Quit match of I Quit matches Kylie Ray and GPA to end the show. And I want to quickly mention because this it's definitely gotten lost, kind of forgotten in the shuffle. But Tracy Williams and Kobe Durst was damn good. You're right. You're right. Uh, the fact that this is the first time we're mentioning Kobe Durst's name yeah. uh, in the entire year, yeah. uh, the kid's doing some great things, and he's going to go on to do even more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just the fact that this, this is the first time we're bringing him up That's a blows me away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they had a fantastic <laughs> yep. match. Yeah. I want to just quickly interject. If I don't know if you guys remember, but in the, uh, the, the main event for the December 2017 show, when it was Kobe, Robert Anthony, and Chug, yeah, Kobe got cheered the loudest. They were yeah, they were chanting right. "Next World Champ." Yep, and that was I think that was the 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 turning point for him because uh, before that he was always uh, a heel. He was yeah. always a bad guy at the shows, but a, a, for some reason. The crowd just that yeah. day they were just like you know what we like this guy we yeah. we appreciate we see him. him coming out here every single month busting his hump, uh, putting on really really good matches and uh, they just took a liking to him and from there it's just been onward and upward for Kobe Durst uh, current uh, Indiana State Wrestling Championship for uh, champion for Black Label Pro uh, and had a great opportunity here to face Alpha Tracy Williams Alpha One Champ you're right went to war sixty minutes right with uh, sixty five sixty five minutes. Uh. Uh, with Josh Alexander. So, um, uh, Tracy Williams, I got to see him in two matches for Freelance Underground um, a few months before this, and just phenomenally talented. One person that I would love to see more of in the area uh, in general is Tracy Williams, um, but they had a hell of a match. Uh, Isaiah Velasquez, Craig Mitchell. I talked about a little bit ago the storytelling in Freelance Wrestling spans years you know four and a half years and the folks who've been here throughout that time appreciate it just that much more and there are a lot of them i mean we talk a little bit about the squad we talk about other folks who have come to the show for their first time they keep coming back keep coming back because of some of the storytelling and kml isaiah velasquez and craig mitchell i mean where does it begin where should we begin well so uh it, it, I mean, it began in august 30th of 2014 Hobo with a shotgun dropkick. That was their first singles match. But I think... Uh, My first show with freelance. <laughs> yeah. But I think what makes it so interesting is with their rivalry, it's like there are so many stages to it that you can cut like, like every type of freelance fan in terms of like the chronology of when you joined up could appreciate it. If you're if you've only became a fan in 2018, you can appreciate the storytelling the last few months like with Craig being the freelance underground champion, uh, Isaiah's been the freelance champion, kind of this like tension that's kind of building. Yep. If you are a fan, you know, since 2016, you can appreciate Beta and, the, and their history in Beta. And if you were a fan since the very beginning, you remember that singles match they had, that 25-minute draw. You remember the fact that in the next show, Isaiah's turned on Craig. They had a year-long feud. Like, 
regardless of kind of what your knowledge is of freelance wrestling and how long you've been a fan, you there was something for you to grab onto. And that match told that story. It, it told, you know, the, the kickout finishers because because both guys had kicked out each other's finishers in the previous two matches. The Daniel Bryan elbows, which Isaiah's hit in the first like, had had uh, hit in the first two matches. Uh, a lot of those uh, roll up, yeah, the stretch muffler was in the second match, the tap. Yep. All the all the all the rollout sequences were in the first match, right before the time limit draw. Uh, there were just so like I'm like I'm trying I'm like I'm almost like rambling. But there was just so much in that match that told the story of four and a half years of t- those two guys kind of being the guys that have carried this company. Yep. And a great thing about that match, you, you talk about the storytelling of wrestling. You talk about putting a match together, and I'm sure you could talk about this. You know, one of the easy things to do is put two guys who really really hate each other against each other it's an easy it's an easy thing to do or you know breaking up two friends and you've been a part of that you know these but this match didn't have that for either of them they weren't enemies at this point but they weren't like best buddies either they were just two guys at the top of their game for two different companies and within each within that company as well yeah. and you know it was just it was a, it was a real showcase for both of them, it was it was it was a real uh, a proving point for both of them. But it what it wasn't about the other things. It wasn't about right. the story of oh they hate each other and da, da, da. it wasn't about that. It wasn't about oh they're best friends but they're having to face each other. It wasn't about that. It was about two wrestlers wrestling. Yeah, mutual admiration. Yeah, for so each I think you know yeah. you didn't need all the other bells and whistles that we happen have to have sometimes in this business to make a match a match. You didn't need any of that. It was just about the wrestling. Right. And I wanted to jump in. Also, remember in the last two, month, uh, two, last two uh, months before where they were tagging together, it didn't feel like a nostalgia act. It didn't feel like this was beta nope. coming back. It just felt like like th- this was Craig and Isaiah's. And yes, they had all this history, but it yeah. wasn't the history that brought them back together. It was their current circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. They made their own history. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, the uh, like I coined it, the I Quit match of I Quit matches, Kylie Ray, GPA, um, went to... War in that match, uh, Matt. You could talk a little bit about um, just uh, the progression of Kylie Ray as well as the progression of GPA, but ultimately, just some of the things they did in that match was just ridiculous. I mean, we talked about it at the top of this episode um, about the, the 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 change from GPA and 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 how it came about with with uh, Kylie Ray. This match was was literally the perfect culmination of of over a year's worth of storytelling, mm-hmm. and especially with like the callbacks and from the match in June, uh, and just you know everything else in between, and um, you know it literally uh, like GPA literally was trying to tear the ring apart to yeah. to 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 put out Kylie, yep, and just the the imagery of that the, that final of of. That final moment of of Kylie having the hook from the turnbuckle digging into his eye as she's blocking in the crossface, mm-hmm. and 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 we and we we posted the video from Swerve Video, the the, yeah. the highlight video of the show, and in slow motion you just see him mouthing "I quit, I quit." Yep. Uh, it's just it gives me goosebumps yeah. just thinking about that because it's it's just incredible to, to see what what we what we built and what we created with that. You know, I don't know. If you could see it on camera or not, because we're all in different parts of the building. Yep. But when she had the hook and was getting ready to use it, she looked, not my way, but she looked stage side, which is not hard cam, so I don't know if it got caught on camera. And she had this very reluctant 
look on her face like she didn't want to do it. Should I do it? I don't think I should do it. Yep. And she was, you know, and, and then she did. But just for a moment, that's what I caught because I, mm-hmm. I caught that look. And to see that and then see her do it, that like really wrenched at my heart, you know, because it was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to re- re- resolve to the, this, but but I'm going to, damn it, because she of what we've to. been through. And, you know, and he did it to me earlier and like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> she had so many moments of that, right? Because remember, right before that was the chair. Chair, yeah. She did. And, she had and the callback. And that, that was yeah. called back to June and she wasn't willing to do it in June. She yeah. finally was in December. And then even in spite of that, there was still that one more moment of reluctance. Yeah. At the end, can I can I really go this far? And it was like it really did t- tell Kylie's story and kind of like her becoming this real like three dimensional character, which maybe early on you could maybe typecast it or is it just a happy go lucky two dimensional kind of fun character, but not with that kind of emotional depth. By this point, she's a fully kind of right. fully formed three dimensional kind of fully formed character. Well, so is their story at this point because of this. You know, it that moment encapsulates the entire thing. You know, here is. Her feuding with her ex-partner, her ex-best friend, and still after a year of this, still has a little bit of a soft spot for him. You know, at least Mm -hmm. to the point where somewhere in her she had to question whether or not she should go this far. And I think that just encapsulates the entire thing with them, you know. He made this happen, and she's been a reluctant participant in it the whole time. But finally, she just had, you know, we all have that person in our lives that we have to close the door on. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, that we have to, like, you know, whatever it is that is the the final straw, we have to go, F it. It's done. And I think that was her moment for her. You know, she's like, this is what I have to do, and I'm going to do it. And it worked. Yep. To GPA's credit, though, he also noticed since their prior contest, and we saw that in the match, that... Kylie Ray was out for a number of weeks with that shoulder injury, with that collarbone injury. Three months. And he, um, and he took advantage of that in the match. I mean, there was a point in the match where it may have had to been stopped prematurely. Yeah, he knocked her off the apron there. And, yeah. and I, I saw you running over there, yeah. and I was just like, shit, I can't, my heart insurance doesn't cover yeah. this. I got to run over there and, and, and see what's going on and, like, and, you know, he, you know, he stayed on her like a, yeah. like a rabid pit bull and, it uh, you know it was scary, yep. but she it was able to overcome it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely changed the demeanor and the booth for sure. But that story, I think a lot of folks and hopefully a lot of folks listening would probably agree with us was probably one of the best stories told just in the last calendar year here in the Chicagoland area, and uh, as we talked about earlier, um, and some other promotions as well. So uh, before we uh, kind of just talk a little bit about some of the things we want to see in 2019 for freelance, uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the 2018 Lancies, the freelance uh, year-end awards. There's nine categories. If you haven't gone out to the Facebook page or on social media um, to vote, do so. There's only nine categories. It, it takes you less than 60 seconds, guaranteed. Where's <laughs> commentary of the year, Matt? Yeah, I know, right? You guys are already the best commentary oh, team. Well, thank so. you. Oh, well. Zach's not going to be happy about this. <laughs> well, it's a three-man team. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, first and foremost, 2018 match of the year. A lot of options here. Just going to run through quickly. Um, if you haven't seen these matches and you're a fan that's maybe new to freelance, 
Uh, these are probably the matches you should go seek out on Powerbomb TV. Craig Mitchell, James Drake, Stevie versus Anthony Henry, the Chicago Street Fight, Darren versus Shug D, Loser League Freelance, Craig Mitchell versus PCO, GPA versus Kylie Ray for the first time at Freelance versus the World Four, Craig Mitchell, Marcus Crane, Work Horseman, Isaiah Velasquez, and Craig Mitchell, uh, Team GPA, Team Kylie, Ethan Page versus Eric Cannon in a respect match at the end of the year, as well as GPA, Kylie Ray, I Quit match. Very quickly, folks, as we go around the table without giving too much context, what's your pick? Just rapid fire. I'm try- I actually voted in this, so I'm trying to remember all my votes. I'm pretty sure I went uh, GPA, Kylie Ray, but there was a part of me that wanted to go. Uh, Which one? The I quit or their first? The I quit contest? match. Okay. The I quit match. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to go uh, PCO Craig. That was one of them, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, again, we've just talked so much about the year Craig has had, and that was just a phenomenal match, especially with the stage stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, I would have to go uh, the I quit match. Yep. Uh, for me, you know, it was a really, really close uh, between uh, the GPA Kylie Ray I quit match and Team GPA versus Team Kylie yep. uh, Survivor Series style match, and. Ultimately, I did vote for the, uh, or I would put my vote, I shouldn't say I did vote, but mm-hmm. uh, the I Quit match, I think, was, for me, my favorite match of the year. Yep. Yeah, so same here, I Quit match, and I think, you know, the, the two best matches in uh, Freelance 2018 happened to be both of the Kylie GPA matches. Yep. That's how good they were. Um, uh, gonna mix it up a little bit. My personal favorite was actually GPA and Kylie Ray the first time. The reason why is because it's not often we see grudge matches like that one. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to see it again at the end of the year, but um, after going for so many months and seeing so many wrestling shows and so many wrestling matches uh, where folks are just out there having a great, fantastic match, it's very hard in today's day and age in climate independent wrestling to see a match with that much um, heat, to say the least, between two individuals. Uh, the crowd was going just rabid. There was things in that match that I hadn't seen before or didn't even think of that they leveraged, and it was just really eye-opening. But that's not to discredit any of the other matches on uh, the ballot. So the next category, 2018 Wrestler of the Year, real quickly, GPA, Isaiah Velasquez, Craig Mitchell, Kylie Ray, Darren Corbin, Ethan Page, and Anthony Henry, all of them, a very impressive body of work. Uh, quickly, we'll go this way. Uh, KML, Wrestler of the Year. Uh, it was tough, uh, uh, but I went Craig, and I wanted to differentiate between maybe like Worker of the Year and kind mm-hmm. of like yep. Fan Favorite of the Year. So yep. I, I wanted to give this to Craig, but I think Kylie would certainly also be deserving. Um, I ultimately think, that, but and it was also the same between Kylie. I mean, it's it's crazy because the, 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 the depth that this uh, category has, and everyone... You know, for their own right, has a, a cl- uh, stake the claim to this uh, award. But you know, I, to me, it was between Kylie and Craig, and I have to give it to Kylie. Uh, you know, encompassing all of her popularity and everything in, in the uh, final voting. I actually went a different way in this. I went GPA yeah. in this. Um, yep. The year that he had, and the fact that, like, you know, does Kylie have the year she has without GPA? Right, it's very true. Um, you know, and I guess you could say you could probably flip it on, on mm-hmm. me too and say it the other way around. Yep. He certainly deserves um, but love, just again going back to the very first thing I said in, in this podcast, my moment of the year was was that 
that promo that wasn't a promo. Yeah. And uh, so I think of moments like that, like not just wrestling moments. And, you know, and, and the, the beat up GPA movement. He has his own movement. <laughs> Who else has a movement in, in you know, freelance? Yeah. So just to think of those those other things besides just the wrestling matches that came out of GPA this year or because of GPA this year, he's he's got my vote. Yep. Uh, myself as well. I know there's a lot of Ray Winged fans out there uh, for sure. But Boys a worker. <laughs> <laughs> but me personally, and it pains me to say this as much as I, like I said, I love Ethan Page. I think GPA as well uh, for me was wrestler of the year. Uh, but again, everyone in that category has a legitimate stake to the claim uh, in terms of uh, who would be the wrestler of the year for uh, freelance. Uh, tag team of the year. Matt, I'm going to start with you. I know you're a little biased here in this category, <laughs> but there's the four-star heroes, the workhorsemen, and the Ambords. Uh, you know, and it's funny with, with this Tag Team of the Year uh, voting, you know, we were kind of sparse when it came to, to permanent tag teams uh, on the roster, and you know what, that's definitely going to be one of my uh, go-to fixes for next year uh, is to try to really uh, reinvigorate the tag team division. Um, the only the only real staple tag teams that we had this year was myself and Castro as the four star heroes, the work horsemen, and the N words. Yep. Um, and you said like I, I might have a bias here, but I, honestly, all bias aside, you cannot de- deny the body of work that the work horsemen have put out this year. Yep. Um, they're my pick for tag team of the year. You know they've been actually a- absolutely killing it, not just in freelance, but anywhere. Yeah. Any, any any company they touch is is gold. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have to go the same way. Workhorsemen, uh, you know, certainly this this latter part of the year, um, nothing comes close. I just I can't even think right now. I, I'm excited, you know, to see what's going to happen with with the tag team division next year and to see who it might just be, you know, if if anyone to finally de- dethrone them because I don't have a, I don't have a team on my list right now that yeah. that will be. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a clean sweep, but I do want to give some love to Bryce and Jazz. I mean, they guys those two are fixtures of the Chicago yeah. scene for a mm-hmm. long time, and uh, yeah. and, and they were the tag team to beat in freelance for the longest time. You're right. Four Star Heroes knows it. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, they were the tag team of freelance for a number of years. Yep. Yeah. I probably would have voted for the four star heroes, but they did lose to Baby Sinclair, so I voted. <laughs> I voted to, uh, for the workhorsemen. Um, holy shit! Moment of the year. Five contenders here. Uh, Taser on a pole match. I talked about it earlier. Gringo Loco, Robert Anthony at Wet Hot Super Show. GPA turning on Kyler Ray in early January. PCO Craig Mitchell Canadian Destroyer on the uh, on the on the stage. Marcus Crane doing that blockbuster through the wooden board in between the the guardrail and the ring, and Isaiah's becoming the first two-time champion in freelance. Um, me personally, um, I I have to say that Taylor on the pole match. I hadn't seen anything like that uh, just in general, um, and it's not a match type that we see all too often on the uh, independent scene. I can't tell you uh, how I voted when I voted for this. Uh, I don't remember, mm-hmm. and I. And honestly, I could sit here and make a case for every single one of these matches. And I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but I really could. Like, I right now could probably change my opinion three times over. So I'm actually not going to say anything except that all of these matches, and that might be a cop-out, but I don't care, um, <laughs> were, you know, all these moments, sorry, yeah. not matches, uh, were absolutely amazing. And I, I could convince myself to go any which way. So yeah. I have a question in terms of, when we say holy shit moment, what are we qualifying as as? Because in my, in my thing, I, it's hard for me to differentiate between GPA turning on Kylie and uh, Crane's blockbuster. Because they're both holy shit moments, but they're in very, they're very different. For different reasons. Yeah, one's kind of the emotional resonance of what GPA did. The other is 
oh my god, I can't believe I just saw this, and the yep. more of just like yeah. kind of like primal way. So I, I, I really I don't think know. It's, it's all it's but just very it's very uh, yeah it's it's holy shit. Yeah. It's just, just an all encompassing uh, term, you know. Uh, whether or not it invokes emotion or it's um, just something that you're like, holy shit, I can't believe that happened. Yes. Uh, it, it's just whatever kind of like brings that out of you. So I think the more all encompassing, I think I have to go GPA and Kyle because that's, that's the moment that defines freelance in 2018. That's my holy shit moment. But I think Crane and any other year, Crane, uh, Crane's blockbuster on Craig Mitchell would have won it. I definitely have to agree with you as well. Uh, the GP attorney on Kylie moment was was something that nobody really saw coming. Um, but I do have to say that, you know, I, I talked about it earlier. Isaiah's becoming the first ever two-time champion was, yep. was a really surreal moment, you know, for a lot of fans. I don't think they, they really they, – I think they, they wanted it and they knew it was going to happen eventually. But when, when he finally was able to dethrone Darren Corbin – I think uh, it was a very big holy shit moment for a lot of people. You're right. So next category, funniest moment. Uh, six, <laughs> six funny fucking moments there. Alex Olson trying to drop his mixtape with the N words. Uh, Baby Sinclair picking up the victory as I mentioned prior against uh, with Beauty and the Beast rather. Uh, Ethan Page getting stuck in Jake Manning's tent. Uh, the four faces of Castro and the Penis Druid winning the Halloween Battle Royal. Two separate ones there, and then Santa Castro and his elves we saw here in the month of december uh me personally uh man it pains me but ethan page getting stuck in that tent every time i think about it it's (laughs) just hilarious to me because there's not it's not often that especially in freelance where um the opponent uses the their opponent uh being outside the ring to pick up the victory Right, I, um, we literally thought it was going to happen. Yeah. I was like, oh. it was so close to happening uh, with <laughs> Ethan Page um, that it just would have been a mockery, and it would have really sent uh, Ethan Page on a spiral. I bet. Uh, so you know, this—that's my favorite moment as well. Yeah, and it happened five feet away from me. You know, yeah. we, again, we talk about the different vantage points. Yeah. And Did you want to uh, help him? <laughs> no, you know, I, w- I think what I was trying to do, if I remember right, was trying to uh, protect fans from getting uh, poked in the eye by one of the errant uh, (laughs) poles that were part of it. Um, But uh, no, just, I mean, you know, you could see it on the monitor and you could see it from where you were, but I'm looking... I could see his face yeah. as he's stuck <laughs> in this. The face of panic. And, oh, and just the flipping and the flopping and yeah. the just trying to get out beyond funny. I mean, I, I was belly laughing just, you know, <laughs> over the top. So, yeah, that's my moment for yeah. sure. Uh, I think I definitely have to go with that as well. But, I mean, the, the four faces of Castro. Uh, yeah. And it's so funny because this Castro, like uh, – he 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 did the the mankind uh, cosplay. I guess he was walking around at work with it one day, and, and I'm just like, dude, you got to do that at the at the battle royal. And then I'm like, actually, dude, you got to do all the faces of Foley. And then and then he wanted to do Nakamura, and I was like, yeah, I mean, you can do that too, but man, this has to happen. And it was like just dead on. I know, like on, on two heels in a face when they they did their their uh, year end wrap up, they were talking about it as well. But Castro's yeah. like his mannerisms and yeah. everything like he really became those characters and it was yeah. i think to the fans that saw it like they were laughing haha yeah he's he's mankind or he's cactus jack or dude love but like it was i think it was even funnier because of the fact he was doing it so well it was yeah. like it was a really really good uh you know cosplay yeah uh the uh came out uh some of the other funny moments mm-hmm. on there just in general 
Um, anyone in particular stick out to you? So I actually voted for Santa uh, Santa Cash on the Elves. Yeah, yeah that was great. Yeah. And I've, and all, not only because of that, but the entire match. The entire match was just hysterical between <laughs> Robert Anthony and uh, and FaceTiming Frank the Clown. Uh, the mistletoe spot with like, I Candy Elliot with I Candy Elliot <laughs> and Lanny Luck who debuted was really good by the way yeah. I didn't realize how good she was yeah. uh, and then just that whole mat like and Cashel's got like he's he's killing the last few months whether it's the comedic stuff or whether it's kind of him wrestling as himself yeah I think he's, he's like he's, he's shown he's, he's kind of he's shown he's, he seems reinvigorated he yeah. definitely he he's definitely said he feels more comfortable. Uh, with himself, and he, you know, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries, uh, his knee that's been acting up on him a lot lately, but um, he's very motivated, and, you know, he's looking to make 2019, you know, not to be cliche, but he's looking to make it his year, so. He pulled out that corkscrew uh, acai moonsault that it's I hadn't insane. seen in years, since, yeah. like, the start of Freelance. Yeah. That's last... a lot, a lot of people know how agile Castro is. Uh, I've seen him do a top rope shooting star press. Jeez. Like, he, he's a very agile big man, and you know who who knows what other like hidden gems he has hidden in his arsenal yeah. that we may maybe, see. Maybe maybe Nick was holding him back. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next category we can go through it real quickly, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be outnumbered here. Uh, fan favorite from 2018, Kylie Ray, and a lot of other people. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Kylie Ray, Space Monkey, Isaiah Velasquez, Eric Cannon, Craig Mitchell, Kobe Durst, I Candy Elliot, Gringo Loco, Chris Castro. I mean, going around the table, Kylie Ray Curb. Uh, yeah, with a close second being Gringo Loco. Okay. Uh, the way the fans took to him this year. Yep. Um, the Loco I, Square Auditorium. Yeah, yeah. Loco Square Auditorium. I, I think, hopefully, you know, uh, booking able that I think he'll have a, a banner year oh. in, uh, next year. Matt? Gotta, gotta go, Kylie. The, yeah. the, it, it, the connection that she made to our audience is something that, like, most promoters and most companies, yeah. like, dream about having yep. having a baby face that over there's very uh, few i can know i can count on one hand that instantly come in a promotion no matter what the promotion and, and instantly become over with the fans and just exactly absolutely happy to be there um and, and have her on the and show. we just got we were lucky we were you know lucky to have her uh you know and and you know we're lucky to have her for as long as you know how however long, as long we have Vince, her. until yeah. Vince signs her which I told her yeah. I, I told her at her birthday party I yeah. said by by this time next year you will be an employee of the World Wrestling Entertainment and yeah. she just oh, shut up no. yeah, yeah, like yeah. but I'm like it, it's it's gonna happen it's palpable it's not it's not uh you know if it's when yep and just how authentic like yeah she is who she is Yep. That's not. That's not. A, I mean, it's a gimmick, but it's not a gimmick. It right. really isn't. Yep. Uh, but yeah. So uh, Kylie, obviously, but like to kind of piggyback on what uh, Kirby said, Gringo Loco. Good lord, what yeah. a year he's had. I mean, MLW, GCW. Like he's. He, I mean, he's been deserving this for a long time. He's the base yep. god. You're right about that. And also, yeah, I mean, like, and <laughs> to get that over too, like, he's, yeah. 20, he's gonna kill in 2019. Uh, me personally, it probably doesn't matter my opinion on this doesn't. category. So, uh, <laughs> but regardless, I'll say it anyway. Uh, I personally, I think Craig Mitchell. Um, Craig Mitchell started the year out as uh, I mean, if, if these awards started in maybe May or, or June of this year, I'm pretty sure a lot of the folks at this table and maybe the folks in the crowd would probably vote Craig Mitchell for the biggest piece of shit. But uh, Craig Mitchell in the last six months, uh, there were folks standing cheering for Craig Mitchell after he was the one that was in their face bullying them all year in literally in their face calling them names telling them to sit down things like that they were standing up and cheering for him at the end of the year and to me he's my personal fan favorite for 2018 
Um, if we look at biggest pieces of shit, uh, there's uh, seven people in this category. There's Darren Corbin, Bucky Collins, Robert Anthony, Ethan Page, Mick Drake, and I Candy Elliott. Um, did I say seven? Oh, I forgot. GPA is also in that category as well um, <laughs> for a piece of shit. I mean, what do you guys think in terms of piece of shit for 2018 for freelance? You know, the fact that we can look back at this year and not have Darren Corbin run away with this category, um, with the body of work that he's put in Mm -hmm. because of what GPA did, um, is ridiculous to me to have two incredibly strong heels, um, and to have Darren Corbin, I'm guessing, I'm guessing the way this is going to turn out, Mm -hmm. but to have what he's done be slightly overshadowed, or I mean, maybe not even slightly overshadowed, probably grossly overshadowed, eclipsed by yeah. by what GPA did this year. Uh, yeah, I think absolutely GPA. Just the way he's pulled at everyone's heartstrings, um, and just as how dastardly he was, and how uh, weaselly, and just all those great negative uh, connotations you assign to heels. Um, he had all of those qualities in the spades yep. this year. So, um, yeah, definitely him. But how does Darren, <laughs> like, how does that, how does Darren Corbin's performance this year not, I mean, anywhere else, it would have to be, you know, right, yeah. the biggest shit show as far as a heel. Yep. Um, but no. I would definitely have to agree. GPA, uh, hands down. I mean, everything from, you know, his, his attacks from behind to uh, just the way he his demeanor was to every time he would strike that Kylie yep. Ray pose yep. every yeah. single time it just dug underneath the skin of every single person in that building. And so. you could see it. You could see it on the fans' face. Oh, he yeah. was such a like self-justified heel. Like you could tell, like he like really believed that he was. In his terms, like the victim of this story. Like like after, like and it, like you can you can like just see it or. GPA thought that, like, and this actually kind of mirrors uh, Johnny Gargano in a lot of ways, where he thought that he was the hero of the story, and then when he realized that the world didn't revolve around him, all of a sudden the person you thought was so good turned out to not really be that way. I right. feel like Jeff mirrored that in a lot of ways. But I also wanted to give out a shout to Robert Anthony. I mean, that's a guy who was reviled this year. And I think he's kind of been overshadowed by Jeff and by Dar- Darren Corbin, but, like, him and Gringo Loco and their feud, yeah. him and Frank the Clown, like, he's, he's definitely had a good run in 2018 in terms of being a bad guy. You know, a, a, a subcontext here that I don't think we certainly haven't talked about tonight with GPA is also um, his use of social media oh, wow. this year um, in in this feud in particular, and you know in his um, interactions with the squad and the rest of the freelance faithful and his reactions to people talking about the matches and GP or, you know, and Kylie promoting the matches. I mean, anything that was said, GPA showed up and had something to say about it in social media. He, you know, like popped up here, popped up there and it just, yeah. And he kept telling these narratives and, you know, he really did believe himself to be the victim in all of this, you know, so much that he felt that he walked away from freelance at, at some point, you know, and, Made it felt that he was a freelancer in freelance, that he was no longer a part of it, but still there. And, you know, he talks about in so many instances during this about being an outsider and, and, and feeling that way. And, 
the fact that that all happened outside of the realm, you know, it didn't happen in promos and such, it just happened in little short sentences and, you know, in the response boxes of other people's tweets. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of bashing at GPA thus far, so I'll just go ahead and pick it back off KML. Uh, Robert Anthony, for me personally, the biggest piece of shit for 2018, only because he tried to kill Gringo Loco, like, literally. So, um, but um, that... That has my vote. So uh, if we look at Newcomer of the Year, four people in this category. Uh, Mick Drake came on strong, uh, was introduced in the early part of the year, but came on strong at the end. Uh, Aaron O'Ryan, who had a really incredible match um, with uh, Craig Mitchell in the latter half of the year and was seen a few times in freelance this year. The Work Horsemen as a tag team, we know Anthony Henry has had some matches before this year, however, has really came into his own as a tag team with him and James Drake and uh, Peter Avalon. Um, and his match with Stevie Fierce, uh, a lot of fans still talking about that, still talking about Peter Avalon. When can we get him back at freelance, things like that? Um, newcomer? Anthony Henry. Um, even though, you know, Anthony Henry did debut before this yeah. year. But only a couple matches. Yeah, yeah. You know, the chop shop. Um, certainly, but there's a guy who's not on this list for me who's going to be kind of one of my guys to look for, assuming we use him some more, and is Mark Wheeler. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, I you know I yeah. I, th I think the kid's got a lot of potential and I don't think his day was his debut this year. No, he so he debuted in twenty seventeen. He only had one match. Okay. So I mean, yeah. and he only had maybe a couple had, matches, two three matches maybe this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I expect to see a lot out of that kid as well. But no, Anthony Henry. Yeah. Uh, my vote also goes with the work horseman, but uh, that's you know I'm also saying that Peter Avalon, again, I talked about him being the one of the best kept secrets in wrestling. You know. I really think that he could potentially be a staple of freelance next year. Yeah. Oh. Scoops. Okay. Scoops. No. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, four horsemen specific, like, we've all given Anthony Henry a lot of love, and he 100% deserves it. But James Drake, God damn. Yeah. You're right. You're right. He's I, one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah. I, I, I'm constantly, like, I don't yeah. really, like, put people over on Twitter yeah. too often. Yeah. But I, I am always, like, listen, promoters, if you're out there and you're listening, yep. book the workhorseman, Anthony Henry, James Drake, together or separately. Yeah. They are money. They I, will bring yeah. eyes on your promotion. I'm surprised they're not in more Super Indies. Yeah. Like, agree. they fit perfectly. Like, I mean, they're killing it in Evolve. Like, I'm surprised they're not in, like, every big-name staple in the country. But uh, I also want to give a little, a little bit of love to, J uh, to uh, Mick Drake. That's, I mean, he's... I would say the biggest guy on our roster, right? Probably, yeah, damn yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I mean, RSP is probably the only, and they they just wrestled. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he's got a great look. He's a really explosive athlete. He, he's he's a really intelligent guy, and I think it's someone who uh, in 2019 uh, could do some big things in freelance. Yeah. Very very driven individual uh, has my vote. Aaron O'Ryan though um, came on strong. Uh, a lot of times when you're uh, looking at matches and opponents and we get to see quite a few guys just in the scramble matches or just in general and you're looking to match them up with other folks who are freelance staples uh Aaron O'Brien when I saw that announced and then when I saw that happen in the ring um I was just amazed uh, I want to see Aaron O'Brien back personally uh, but my vote went to Mick Drake Matt <laughs> putting him on the spot yeah, here yeah, yeah. um 2018 show of the year five contenders here uh out of the 11 that were in 2018 stained glass ceilings started the year off uh this very moment was in march freelance versus the world the anniversary show in june wet hot super show uh that featured a, a number of talent from a number of different promotions and the last show of the year too legit to quit me personally i constantly like to see new talent and just new individuals um that way uh if anyone ever asks me or is looking to uh match up guys in different promotions things like that 
Um, I always love getting to see new matches and new people, and I got to see my uh, get my eyes on quite a few in that show. So that one has my vote in particular. Uh, that show for me also was. Uh, I'm a big fan of that as well. The, yep. You know, the interpromotional. Um, I believe I was on vacation just before then, and initially thought I was going to miss that show, and actually kind of rescheduled my vacation so that I could get back in time to do that show. Oh, wow. Um, But that being said, too legit to quit. Uh, Just the culmination of so many Mm -hmm. storylines. Just... And and what came out is probably said. I don't want to steal his thunder. That that oh, five steal it. that <laughs> five match stretch. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah. There's just so many amazing things to be said about too legit to quit. Yeah, my vote as well. Too legit to quit. Um, putting that uh, the run sheet together for that show, I was like, man, like very very little times have I ever had a, a time where I was like, I can literally put these matches in any specific order and any one of these matches could main event. Yep. Any one of these matches, like every single match had something for it that would, that would deliver. And, you know, it was great to, to just be able to play with it that way. And I think that, I think like you said, the, the, the last five stretch of that show was the perfect um, order to put that show in and, and, it's my pick for the show of the year. And by the way, I stole that from a bunch of people on Twitter who all in sequence said that's the best five match stretch I've seen on an indie show this year, the best five matches I've seen on freelance uh, in its history of this year. Like, they're, like that was just, just a beautiful five match stretch. But yeah, I mean, too legit to quit. I mean, what a show. But also, I do want to give some love to the anniversary show. Mm-hmm. All, yep. all four of them have been really good. Uh, you know, the fourth one might got a little overshadowed by Too Legit to Quit, but I've, I'm, but between Isaiah's winning the title, we've already talked about this. And I think this first, might be the first year that that an anniversary show did not win Show of the Year. Probably, yeah, yeah. could be. And if you haven't gotten the opportunity to check out Too Legit to Quit or the five matches uh, in general or the whole show in general, definitely go out to Powerbomb TV and use promo code Freelance to get twenty free days. Uh, we're going to start wrapping up here, but I want to go around the table just individually and ask uh, some of the things that you want to see from freelance wrestling in 2019 just in general i think all four of us are going to have a little bit of a different opinion on what we (laughs) want to see but um we'll kind of talk through that i'll run down the show we have coming up as well as um tell you a little bit about where you can go about uh voting can i start uh the uh yeah absolutely yes the promoter can start (laughs) i was gonna start with you in general uh so the the main thing that i want to see for 2019 is i want to see more people show up to the shows (laughs) of course uh but, uh, you know, like, if you are a regular freelance and you have some friends that are out there that are wrestling fans that may have never been to one of our shows, that may have never been to an independent wrestling show, bring them along. Bring them to a freelance show. Bring them, yep. Not even just that. Bring them to an independent show and, and introduce them to this, this weird little world that we are involved in and, and hopefully makes them a, a fan of... Uh, even deeper yeah so i was just gonna say one of the things that i saw i saw it uh just recently on the freelance twitter page as well as my friends out on the west coast they do this quite often where um they'll kind of sponsor a seat sort of thing uh where they'll talk to a friend or they'll put out on social media uh saying hey is anyone looking to hang out on friday night they'll purchase the ticket for their friend to come with them to the show and the friend, if they like it, then they'll keep coming back. If they don't like it, hey, maybe you're up 20 bucks. But uh, nine times out of ten, and Kirby talked a little bit about this earlier, if folks come to the show and they see the entertainment, they see the excitement from the people around them, as well as the stuff that's going on in the ring, they are more than likely to come back, and that'll help any show just in general. And I think that's something we'd love to see in 2019 just in general for freelance. 
So um, anything else in particular, Matt, that you uh, have from a, a hopes or expectations standpoint for 2019 for freelance? Um, I well, I do, but mm-hmm. uh, I would. I, I want to hear what you guys are going to say first, so okay. I can yeah. kind of add on to that. Maybe all right. So I mean, we'll talk about the freelance versus GCW show. Yep. At, uh, after afterwards, yep. but freelance versus the world five. Yeah. I can't wait to see what the hell happens on that show. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's big expectations. Man, you, <laughs> don't years. fuck this up. <laughs> uh, the anniversary shows came. I talked about it uh, just a few months ago. One of the biggest hits for freelance. Uh, there hasn't been uh, a flop, so to speak, oh, no. for an anniversary show. Um, so a lot of expectations with it being the, the five-year anniversary. Uh, me personally, uh, something that's near and dear to my heart, I'd love to see more... Uh, Female wrestling matches, singles matches, tag matches in 20, 2019 for freelance. Um, Kylie Ray uh, continues to run wild, and not only in the promotion, but uh, against uh, very, very talented male individuals. But uh, we saw Lainey Luck make her debut at the end of 2018. I want to see more and more female kind of get an opportunity or a spotlight in freelance and the, the platform that you have created just in general. Uh, for me, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, is uh, the expansion of the tag team division yep. uh, is what I'm you know, hoping happens and really looking forward to seeing. And uh, because, again, who's going to step up? Who's going to be that team that takes down uh, the workhorsemen? I don't know, even know that that team's here yet. So that kind of excites me. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, those are those are literally the same same things that I was going to say as well. You know, I just wanted, I, I knew that was going to be something yeah. you guys were going to talk about, but yeah, definitely uh, expanding on our tag team division and uh, a little bit of a breaking news here, I guess. Um, scoops. Scoops. <laughs> uh, 2019, we will definitely see a lot more women wrestling. Awesome. Uh, we will also be hopefully uh, establishing a women's championship as well. Oh, very cool. Hmm. Awesome. Well, so, you heard it here first on the Matt Nick show. Uh, freelance wrestling women's championship coming at some point in 2019. So that's that's awesome news. Well, uh, we've been going for quite some time now. Uh, Still I wanna, want to get home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to run through the show, but Kmel, uh, Kirby, Matt Nix, we've been going for some time talking a little bit about the year. I want to talk a little bit about the show we have coming up, right? Freelance wrestling and freelance underground um, versus GCW. GCW, a company that's come on strong in the last few years, has been killing it with shows after shows from the East Coast to the West Coast. They're going to be ripping it up with both companies here on January 11th at Summit Park District. Um, The uh, card has been fully announced. All eight matches have been announced as of today. There's uh, Darren Corbin versus The King, Nick Gage. There's Ringo Loco, Spider Nate Webb. The Work Horseman versus Schlack and Marcus Crane. Matt Nix, Alex Olsen versus Tony, Tony Deppin and Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, we've got Acid Jazz, Marche Rocket and GPA versus Reed Bentley, KTB, and John Wayne Murdoch. Uh, triple threat match, Pat Monix, Isaiah Velasquez, and Eric Ryan. A six-man scramble, Chris Castro, Elliot Paul, Danger Mask versus uh, uh, G-Raver, Oren, Vidit, and uh, Alex Colon. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. And the match that was announced today, uh, Rough Crossing versus Matt Tremont, a match that I think we can all agree may steal the show. Rough versus mm-hmm. Tremont? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's, That's happening? Yes. Oh, yeah. A singles That's match today, <laughs> just announced today, uh, earlier this afternoon. So eight matches on the show, Freelance Family versus GCW. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a show. Again, tickets available right now at FreelanceWrestling.com. Um, go out there, get your tickets. Uh, I'm excited for the show. I think we're all excited for the show, but... 
If you haven't done it already before we sign off, go to the Freelance Facebook page. It's going to be tweeted out again. The ballots are still open for the end of year Lancey Awards. Uh, vote for your favorites. You heard some of ours here today as we ran through the year that was Freelance in 2018. Um, do that, and then the awards will be posted sometime next week, either on the first of the year or just shortly after. So uh, for myself, I'm Sterling Richards. Kirby Alexander. Marvelous Matt Nix. K-Mel. We're signing off the Matt Nix show. Have an enjoyable rest of 2018, and we'll see you in 2019.